Blog Talk Radio. youngsters now in the hip hop can roll hip hop world hip hop world can uh, you know come up with some sort of flat glitch back okay some sort of rhyme there I'll leave it to them I'll leave it to the youngsters though but he was doing AJ I'm trying to think of a nick, nickname Anthony Vlad Klitsch Joshua is that is that too long the Vlad he's doing the Vlad I don't know anyway that's what it seemed like to me if he wants to win fights against, say, uh, Joyce or Wilder, this is probably the best way for him to fight, not to say that he would, because he was still getting hit with right hands. Um, but we'll get into that. We'll definitely get into that. Ramirez, you know, at times looked apart, at times not so much against Dog Bay. Um, didn't look all that great. We did have some good undercard action. That top rank card popped. It definitely did. We may give them a little shtick once in a while for their undercards being one-sided. But that was not the case on this undercard. No, sir, Bob. And then, of course, we will look forward to Shakur Stevenson and Yoshina. Yoshino? Yoshina? Yoshino? Stevenson returning to the Prudential Center there in New Jersey, North New Jersey, which I always love to see. Um, you know, we got a little undercard action as well. Bam, 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 Rodriguez against Gonzalez. 
on DAZN. So that one was ESPN. This one's DAZN. And then, you know, of course, undercard stuff. Sebastian Fundora uh, returns against Brian Mendoza. We'll talk a little bit about that as well. There is some news out there. I'm sure you've seen the Ring TV thing, right, as far as Spence and Bud. The Dallas report I'd rather go by uh, because that doesn't, you know, that doesn't, it just, they don't seem like it's done, done. Um, so I'd rather go by that, you know, because I, I need it announced <laughs> uh, before, you know, I, I go off the uh, deep end, uh, you know what I'm saying. Um, the Tank Garcia undercard, pretty much what I thought it would be, two of the fights I'm fine with. I think they're going to be good action fights. The co-feature, not so much. Um, We do have some receipts, whether it's gate or pay-per-view buys. I mean, to an extent, Lefty and Jake, the Jake and Lefty show. I like to call it Jake the Snake and Lefty Luciano. Um, They were talking some pay-per-view numbers. Jake Donovan has some numbers. We're going to go off his numbers rather than you know who. Uh, speaking of receipts, that's what the kids like to bring up. Now you got to bring the receipts to the, well, I was going to say something that would sound really bad, but anyway, um, gate receipts, a side, Jose, a side Ramirez versus Richard Comey. We have some receipts here now. We better slow down. You know, when we talk about this later, this is not really a way to rip. Ramirez, you know, I understand he's done a lot of uh, activism in his local area. I respect the shit out of that. I respect him as a fighter, as a man, and all that stuff. But when we hear this A-side stuff and not even really digging deep in the negotiations um, before the purse bid, it just gets funky. You know, we while we were doing this show, because this show's been around since 2009, calendars, and uh, I'm just going to start using that line. Just check your calendars, bro. Check your calendars, bro. No, but uh, we heard about this kid selling tickets. And anytime you hear about, you know, male, female, whatever the fuck, right? We let's 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 sell some tickets. Let's get some interest going. I love it, right? But we used to hear that off TV. Jose Ramirez, this kid in Fresno is selling tickets. That's all we used to hear, right? I never went to a live show there in, in there in Fresno. But, uh, you know, then we got some receipts. And, you know, it didn't line up with this monster sales type thing. Um, there's a couple ways to do it. We'll talk about it as far as what one, the tried and true way um, to make it look better, the gate, as far as in the crowd, is to pay the tax on the ticket. Now, that goes down as a sold ticket. Some people run with that fact, though, and say, look, these are all basically comps because all they did is, well, no, you can tell by the, that's where it all comes out, how much revenue was at the gate. So you'll know if they uh, did some kind of, you know, herky-jerk on it, if they bamboozled us. Shots out, R.I.P. to to Malcolm. Um, you know that that's that's where we're at. Okay, like I said, this is no disrespect to Ramirez, but uh, 
His shit didn't sell as much as even, you know, progress. And neither of them sold a bunch uh, of tickets in gate. So it, it's real funky, you know, and, and, I, and I, I don't like to do this, but we got to do it sometimes because you, you got to do it sometimes, man. We did this years ago. We broke down the tickets, um, you know, selling them for really, really cheap. Nothing wrong with that, but don't come tell me, you know, you're doing millions at the gate and you're Mr. A-side. And you're not Mr. A-side, okay? So we'll get into that. We'll get into that, no doubt about it. Um, I think tomorrow we'll, we'll – I mean, I'm not going to preview this card, but Pro Box TV does have um, a card. It's a busy fucking weekend, dude. Uh, Thursday, the Zone has their little fight night, the fight night uh, prospect shit, right? Um, so, I mean, it's, it's busy, dude. This is a really – and this is a prime weekend – to say we got too much fucking boxing on, on television. We just do. I know that some people may take that the wrong way they have in the past, but uh, no matter who you care about more, whether it's boxer, affiliate, whatever, platform, there's just too much on, dude. It just There just is. Now, do I want to go back to where we were? <laughs> you know, especially in the, the middle of the summer when we'd be waiting for a Showtime or HBO card. Of, of relevancy, yeah. Now, I don't want to wait three or four weeks for one either. You know what I'm saying? But this is a prime weekend, and, and I get it. You know, you're going to not try to run up on and, and schedule a bunch during March Madness here in the States. I do get that. So the very next weekend after March Madness, bam, um, in the final four, you have three cards here locally. Um, so, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. It's, you know, that that's just what it is. Anyway, let's get into some other stuff. Before we do that, though, if this is your first time listening to the Rope Dope Radio podcast, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Rope Dope Radio. Have to go to Blog Talk and Rope Dope and download the show there directly. It's cool if you do or listen to the browser. You can you don't have to do that. You can find the Rope Dope Radio platform under Apple Podcast under the Apple Podcast platform, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, Player FM, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, and a host of other places. While you're at it, why don't you head on over to the GruelingTruth.com, Eastside Boxing, and Phil Boxing. One more thing. Get your TV together without the hassle of cable. Direct TV stream. Stream the best entertainment in sports, starting with 75 live channels. For a limited time, save $120 over the first year when you get any package and buy the Direct TV streaming device. There's no annual contracts, no hidden fees, plus learn how to get premier channels. Premium. Why do I do the premier there? I always do that. Premium channels included for the first three months with qualifying packages. Sign up today, direct TV stream. Okay, so I set it at the top, and I put it, you know, in in a tweet as well. It felt like AJ was doing his best Vlad Klitschko impression. Impression. Now I'm not. T- I'm talking about the Vlad Klitschko. That went on like a decade run, um, beating some so you know ho hum so so heavyweights. If we're being honest, I'm not taking 
his run away. It was impressive. But I'm talking about the jab, jab some more, jab a little bit more, and basically jab until, you know, the the, uh, Hall of Fame trainer, Emmanuel Stewart, is screaming for the right hand. So I just jab, 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 oh, and hold a little bit in there too. And then the right hand comes. Now the difference is he didn't get the knockout here. Okay, whereas Vlad did get a bunch of knockouts. I'll say that, not that AJ hasn't, but that's what the vibe I got from him. You know, um, there are some, I don't think it's as bad and as horrible as every, not everybody, but you know, a fair amount, especially UK fans. Shouts out to the UK. I definitely heard a couple of different podcasts and, and videos and whatnot, Ultra and uh, uh, Hatfield and, and that type of stuff going in on AJ. And, you know, the thing about Anthony Joshua, a.k.a. Black Klitsch, is I never believed the monster hype, okay? I just never really fully believed it. Um, now, was he more, in a sense, like seek and destroy? No, he wasn't ever seek and destroy as far as maybe he was, you know, in his eighth fight or whatever. But he was never trying to, like, take you out from the first round, right? But he would – he was he's, – he's skilled offensively. He can put his punches together, especially for a big man, um, and especially if you stand in front of him. Once you start moving, it is different. Um and, you know, he was pretty gifted for a heavyweight anyway, especially a heavyweight that get into the, got into the game late, at offensive, you know, at punching. He was fairly fluid. He could really put his punches together. He definitely had power. Um, but basically after that, Klitschko – well, not even, no, after the Ruiz fight, because that's where he was still going off trying to knock people out with the Ruiz fight. And after that, he has been different. I mean, the, the rematch, he was boxing, like full-on boxing on the outside. Um, so I never thought we'd see this new Joshua, right? But if you're going to fight more like Vlad Klitschko, I kind of get it. Now, is that going to, you know, win a fight over Usyk? Hell no, as we saw. You can't – you got to go get him. You got to seek and at some point destroy him. Here, otherwise, you're not going to win the fight. As we know, I think you probably have to do that with Fury, depending on how he fights, because he can switch it up. He can do what, uh, actually, what some 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 stuff that Franklin was doing to the max, though, as far as on the inside roughing him up, making it uh, you know more of a street fight, trying to you know get off shots and, and throw right hands and, and try to rough him up. Uh, or he may be at range or on the move, you know. So it's a tough fight regardless. But if you're going to go against Joyce or Wilder, this is probably the best style for him to fight. If we're being, I'm trying to – not the fight, but to win the fight. Now, do I think he'll win the fight? No, because you're not going to improve enough on defense. Um, and then so the other argument is, well, you should probably just go off on those guys. You know, Joyce and Wilder and try to get those guys out earlier. That's fair. You know, I think that's a fair argument, but um, I'll say this. I saw a little bit, like these little, like minor improvements, 
Okay, when I say, oh my God, I, I saw a better defender in there, I'm not saying he's, you know, even above average defender, you know. Um, I'm just saying that I thought he was a, a tad more responsible that way. Um, he featured that right hand up thing that Spence does that he probably got out of that camp. Uh, he moved his upper body a little bit more. He moved his feet a little bit more. Um, but staying in range to punch. Was that a minor improvement? Sure. Uh, I thought he was jabbing fairly well. Um, I liked, the thing I liked was the jab, the left jab, turning it to a left hook. He did that later in the fight. He did pick up the pace a little bit, but overall, you do need, and he even said some sort of, you know, British heavyweight or UK heavyweight is probably going to knock Franklin out. So it is kind of, it's kind of like, well, well then why didn't you? And it's not about why didn't you per se. It's about after a while, why didn't you try? Because at some point, like I said, Vlad Klitsch at some point would do it. You know, he just had to make sure he had the guy exactly where he wanted him. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, he, he used his jab a lot, sometimes doubling it, sometimes tripling it. He threw his right hand. He, he looked like a jab right-hander, very flattish, even by like the third or fourth round. Um, I thought you could have gave the, the second round to Franklin. He was starting to get a little closer to him, landing his right hands. The nosebleed thing, did, now did did anybody find out about his nose? Did it actually break or it was just bleeding? Or I forgot now, I'll, I'll fully admit, full disclosure, I um, donated to the campaign. No, no, sorry, wrong, wrong topic. Full disclosure, I didn't watch the intro. I just remembered I was going to go back and watch it, but somebody – I've seen multiple people say they saw a, a, a little drip of blood on his gear. That's strange. Like, are you getting tapped in the nose before you go out there? I don't know. But it was pretty early on by the second round. It was bleeding, I believe, the second round. Um, like I said, overall, though, you know, um, you'd have Franklin get, having some success. I did give – I thought it, I gave him the six. It was a very close round. I thought a few nice right hands. He did have some combos. Um, he took those punches really well. I mean, time after time um, – and it wasn't rapid fire from AJ, but he did snap the neck back of, you know, of Franklin a lot. Franklin was trying to rough him up a little bit. He'd lead with his right hand or sometimes jab right hand, get in there, rough him up. AJ did clinch. You know, he did clinch a fair amount in this fight as well. Um, you know, once we got into the eighth and ninth, the ninth was definitely sloppy. It kind of got sloppier and sloppier at times. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, there was a nice right hand in the last 30 seconds by Franklin of the ninth round, some sneaky, like a sneaky overhand right. AJ did kind of fire back, though, to close. Maybe you give him the ninth, too. I don't know. But other than that, nice right uppercut left hook. Like I said, there was early action in the tenth. Um, there were some exchanges, and then and I thought AJ was getting the better of him. And then the right uppercut left hook, jab left hook. I like some stuff that I saw. 
but some of the right hands were kind of cuffing, not fully extended, not punching through the target. Um, then all of a sudden things got all, you know, rough and tumble uh, after the bell, which was really kind of kind of strange. You know, it's kind of like, well, wait a second. Now you're ready to go? You know, I, I don't know. Um, but I guess my point is, it didn't look as bad as I saw some people say, like, oh, my God, he's washed. It's like, to me, then he's been washed, dude. You know, then he's been washed. Uh, you know, like, afraid to pull the trigger fully and expose yourself to incoming punches. Yeah. Sounds like Vlad Klitschko, doesn't it? You know, so, I mean, but I'll do. I'll give him credit. You know, Vlad did finish a lot of guys. But, so I get the criticism, but this, I guess it's just not new. So that's where, I mean, we just saw Usyk, the Usyk both fights, and he, he, he couldn't just go get it. Like I said, in those fights, he really has to. He has to lay it on an opponent like that and throw combinations and, and try to knock him down, try to hurt him, try to stop him. That's how he's going to win those fights, like I said. But, you know, the Fury fight, I don't know, you know. I, probably would have to be more aggressive but you you wouldn't want to go you wouldn't want to just go right into the trap set by a guy like fury you know i just don't like his chances against a lot of these guys now can he have success can he land plenty of big punches oh yeah yeah i think so um but joyce a right hand from joyce and a right hand from wilder and you got to put fury in that it just i just don't know if he'll hold up to be honest with you and I wouldn't favor him in any of those fights. Um, you know, I mean, Joyce is still somewhat untested, of course. Uh, he's had some good tests. You know, he's about to fight a, a solid fighter and all that. Fun fight for him, considering, you know, he's in the spot to try to uh, do something big and get a big fight. You could make the argument, well, it's not like he spot some of these dudes with real big, just like, you know, gigantic power like a Wilder or even like a Fury or whatever. So, you you know, Joyce is get, good at getting hit, you know. So maybe his chin looks awesome until he, you know, gets a right hand from Fury or, or Wilder. Maybe that's going to be his downfall. I don't know, but he, we know he's going to go for it. That's what we do know. So I walked away from this seeing these little increments of improvement, and I'm talking little Okay, so don't don't at me about oh he, you know he he showed nothing no, nothing different. Well, that's fair. That's fair. I'm talking about minor stuff, but I don't I don't know. Like I just didn't I didn't see this horrible display of boxing. I didn't see what some folks are saying. I guess that's all. Um, and some of it, to be honest with you, some of it is there are people that make bets. I'm one of them. But some people take their bets to their uh, recap of the fight, right? I'm I'm equally, like, I'm pissed because I didn't get the KO, so I'm going to, you know, I'm going to really pile on. Now, do I think he could have gotten the KO? I think there's a good shot. You know, we, we'll never know because he never really went for it, right? So I understand that point, but this is nothing new. This is nothing new. 
So ever since the first Ruiz fight, a lot of people say, Vlad, I think it's the first Ruiz fight because he did get up. He was gassed, but he kept going against Klitsch. Uh, whereas Ruiz, he got up, kept going, but he was, you know, walking around, turning his back to the ref, hanging out, you know, seeing, are we good? Can you just stop this thing? You know, so he's just been a different fighter for the most part. Uh, shout out to Franklin for taking, because he did take some good, you know, good punches, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to pile on Anthony Joshua. I'm just not. I think it's a combination of not just the betting thing, okay? I'm not saying that, but how high did you have him built up is the thing. Now, I hear a lot of people talking about, well, the promoter told me this. The promo- Dude, he's a promoter. Eddie Hearn's a promoter, though, dude. You can't listen to everything they say. You notice how, like, Lomachenko, when, when Bob would talk about him, he would skip uh, Floyd, Manny, skip... <laughs> Roy, skip Pernell, skip the Four Kings, and go to Ali. He put Pacquiao and Ali in the same sentence. He's a promoter, okay? So just let him do that. He put, you know, did, did I start with Loma? Loma, he put Loma. He's the best fighter since I, since Ali and shit like that. Like, we know that's bullshit. But, so uh, I think some of it is Hearn building him up so much, um, that had these maybe people skewed. Maybe you're just mad at Eddie for I don't know. I don't know. Eddie's doing his job. What's he gonna do? You know what I mean? So yeah, I didn't see a whole lot different. I thought he was more conservative. Uh, I thought this is how he wants to fight, and this is how he thinks some of these fights are. This is gonna be his best way to win it. And I'd have to agree to an extent. Unless you're facing, like I said, an Usyk or a Fury. But to beat Joyce and to beat Wilder, you can make an argument. Or the other side, too. But you can make an argument this may be his best way to win those fights. It is his best way to stay upright. I'll tell you that. But anyway, we're going to get into uh, Robesi, or Robesi uh, Ramirez's performance, which... Kind of hit or miss, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, it was an easy win for him, I thought. Um, it got close or whatever. Uh, it was competitive. I'm not saying that, but I, I didn't think he – see, I thought he had another notch up to go, to be honest with you, as well. Um, and, you know, different type of fighter and everything like that. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about the undercards. Like I said, I did enjoy that ESPN Plus undercard. There was a couple of good fights on that. Um for sure. Like, I, I definitely like what I saw out of that card. Um, the uh, jo- Joet and, uh, or Joet and Divas, that was a good-ass fight. The Tucker, Nikolai, that was a good, that was a really fun fight. So, we're going to get into it in just a short little bit. Um, but I want to go ahead and bring in John into the fold and see, get his opinion on this last weekend. And then, of course, we'll preview what is a very busy fight weekend. Now, main event-wise, I don't see an upset at all in any of these. I really don't. I don't. So we're going to have to hope that we get some really good action from the B side where they just make it competitive. Maybe they don't win a lot of rounds, but they make it competitive. 
um, which I think can happen in some of these fights. And then, you know, to be honest with you, some of these other card fights are going to have to pop, probably. Anyway, let's bring in John here. What's going on, John? How you doing? Chris, how's it going? I think uh, you inadvertently set me up for a perfect segue to stop <laughs> talking because I think um, what you mentioned about uh, this upcoming weekend was really a lot of what ended up being the problem with last weekend was a lot of, you know, going in, there was a lot of huge underdogs. And I'll usually, you know, just say odds reflect it. You know, this might not be as great an action as the fans want to say. I wasn't doing that last weekend going into the weekend. You know, I was looking at Joshua and Franklin and saying, hey, you know, I thought Franklin really beat White. Uh, he looks like he's in shape. He's lost 20 pounds. Uh, you know, yeah, he's a huge underdog, but, but this could be interesting. It's the heavyweights. And then, you know, you had uh, before that uh, Fabio Wardley, who didn't have much of a background, but I've been liking the different things he'd been showing in the ring. Uh, he's a guy I like more and more, and I still do after last weekend. But, I mean, he was a big favorite. But, but fighting Coffee, who even at the advanced age with the lack of background – you know, just a couple of years ago, the majority of boxing observers liked him. And, you know, he was at least too heavy, but he was down to the weight he was at when he had the run at the start of his career when he was more successful. So I thought, well, you know, it's heavyweights. Uh, that'd be a good test for Wardley. And then I was also looking at, uh, I'm very up and down on him, but, um, you know, you had uh, Ammo Williams, who was a big uh, – favorite over uh, right. Ben Wilson, uh, who's just, you know, basically a, you know, a, a British, you know, club fighter type to go with the old terms. Ammo, I've been up and down on, but I got interested in that one thinking like, okay, it's coming on at two o'clock Eastern in the afternoon. I kind of like that uh, for convenience. Let, let's see, let's see, you know, Ammo show something here, you know, fighting in the UK and all, all of these, all of these fights, uh, you know, ended up not not being in the end all that competitive. They kind of ended up fitting the odds and being what we thought they were like that. And to boot, I like Wardley. I don't think that was really his fault with the British stoppage, but with Emma Williams, yeah, that was and bad. Joshua, I, I didn't think those performances were impressive. I mean, Ammo, I might as well. That was the first fight. Might as well start there. That started off our weekend basically. Uh, 2 p.m. Eastern in the U.S. Uh, you know, I, to, I, I've seen this a lot with Ammo, the up and down. I mean, just to be clear, you know, the bottom half of the middleweight top ten threats for that, some of the guys in the last year or so who were around it, like a Cash and Ammo Williams, these guys haven't been that impressive. They're going to be supplanted shortly. I mean, Ammo – you know, not it's not a high profile fight or anything, but but I've seen him a lot now, and for, for every flashy shows, he doesn't look that good. It took him you know seven to get rid of this guy. Um, you know he he just doesn't look that he just doesn't look that good to me. Uh, I, I I don't think his upside's that high. Uh, I I think this you know bottom bottom of the legit top ten is you know if you consider that good, that's as far as it goes for me for him. I think. I don't go on belts like everybody else because with boxing politics, you know, I'll see a lot of fans say, 
well, he, he might be a you know he might win a world title. That that you know with the alphabets, Chris, that doesn't mean anything to me. I, I don't use that as a barometer because you get all kinds of crummy fighters fighting for quote unquote world titles and all these weight classes nowadays with all these belts. So don't don't give me that as a barometer and then say oh he's had a real successful career. To me, uh, you know when we're really observing prospects, up and comers, and things, you know you're kind of looking for people who. Is this a guy that, that really, you know, or a woman who really gets to the to the top of their division, like like legit, you know, the top couple, like uh, you know, you know, for our top people, it doesn't mean that it's bad, you know, you're, you're of course ahead of a lot of fighters if you make a legit top ten, but for Ammo, I, I think I don't think there's much room to go up. Uh, he's not accurate with his punches, hits okay with the left hand, but he really doesn't do much else. Um, I think, you know, can he beat a Felix Cash? Yes, I think he still beats Cash, but what's that really saying? Um, The drum I've been beating lately, and I think it's a legit one that more people need to pick up on, and I think they're picking up on it with Isaiah Garcia after the KO of Verdal. But I also, you like them too, Chris, uh, you know, Theodore Sazurkin. And I'm not just mentioning those two guys because they were on PBC. I'm mentioning them because middleweight's really a weak division overall. And these guys, to me, look good. But these guys like Cash and you know, Ammo Williams and some of these other retreads at the bottom part of the top 10, um, they're, they're not they're not advancing any further. So I uh, was disappointed in that sense in that fight because I figured at least Williams take this opportunity to look good. To me, he didn't do it. Um, Wardley, no criticism of him. Uh, I like this guy. The more I watch him, good size, you know, solid size for the division. Doesn't have the background, but you know, for, for his lack of background, he's moving relatively quick with, you know, who he's fought. I mean, he's already fought Molina, Gorman, Coffee. You know, for a guy with no background, what, he's got 14, 15 fights, not not bad. And, you know, he's, he's aggressive. He gets rid of people. There's some, some fights I've seen him box around and look okay. Some fights you've seen him get hurt and slug. And I don't normally like to give credit if necessarily if a guy gets hurt by a lesser guy and shows some resiliency, but he hasn't had – the background in that many fights, I mean, you know, rebounding against Molina and Gorman, you know, guys he was fighting, you know, like I said, hasn't had that many fights. And then Coffee, you know, he, he did his part in trying to get rid of him. The stoppage was too quick, but I can't criticize Wardley. I kind of like the guy. Um, you know, he's a guy I want to see more of. His fights are, are entertaining. He tries to get rid of people. But Coffee just ended up being coffee. Now, and I don't mean that in a good way. The coffee we started seeing in the first Rice fight, you know, he, he, he right. looked the counter. The weight was better. It. That was about it. <laughs> yeah, right. The weight was better. But after a few rounds, and I was thinking, you know, we're going to get an exciting heavyweight drama with a threat of an upset. And I was kind of like, no, it looks like we're just going to get coffee again. And the next thing you know, there was a British stoppage when I went up to get my Pepsi. And the, fight, the fight was over. I said, I said, Craig, just when I was thinking coffee wasn't showing me that much, I went up to get a Pepsi, and it seemed like it took two seconds, and the fight was over. And I said, well, that's a that's a British referee for you. Um, and then go to the main event, you know, Joshua, I'm with you in the sense of, you know, was it a disaster? No, it wasn't a disaster, but I maybe didn't even see as much as you did out of him, Chris. I I, I I mean, he started out with the power jab. When he does that, that's good. I think James wanted him doing that. And I agree with you. 
late in the fight, he did do the left hook off it a little bit. Um, James wanted him to do the right hand and then the left hook. But I've said this about Joshua for a while. This, to me, is where he, he doesn't do the Vlad Klitschko, even the can conservative Vlad Klitschko. Of course, the part about getting the knockout that you mentioned, but also there's something about this guy. You know, I've been saying it for a long time, and I saw it again, and I think it's something James was trying to get him to work on, and it just doesn't register. For a guy who who does have some talent in his offense that we've seen in his career, one thing he's always had trouble doing, he he can't throw a simple one-two. He can't put out the power jab and drop in a right hand behind it, which would be natural for a guy his size and with his abilities. And Vlad Klitschko did it all the time. Um, and and this guy just can't, you know, they talk about Wilder being limited, but Wilder could, Wilder could do that. You know, Wilder can blind you with a jab and, and drop the right hand bomb in. Joshua just doesn't do that. Punch has always been the uppercut. Uh, you know, Algeri mentioned that we got the U.S. broadcasters, which I think was better. You know, the Costello, uh, Lee, the zone apparently in the U.K. They got them, and those guys are just so Homer. You know, with with the with the British fighters, you just got to say it in the matchroom guys. I mean, it, it, they've become unlistenable. I saw some people commenting after the fight, and I thought, well, we didn't get them. And you know, Grisham's got his ups and downs. Algeri's got good potential um, when he doesn't take the zone line, especially. But I was glad we at least got that. I couldn't have taken 12 rounds of those guys, uh, Lee and Costello, you know, evaluating Joshua. Like you talked about Hearn with the hype and stuff. I mean, that, that, that's, just, that's just the mouthpieces for Hearn, you know. Um, you just got to say it because it's the truth. So I'm glad we missed that. But getting back to Joshua in the ring, he, he's got, I think that's what James was getting at, was like, you know, throw, throw the power jab, right hand, left hook, um, and you know the problem kind of with that is that's where I mean I, I want I've wanted to see Joshua with new trainers I'm glad he's got James but when I've said that I also believe like some of the critics do who think well Joshua should just be with McCracken or something that you know at his age the early 30s I mean he, he's not really going to learn a lot of new techniques I've never thought that but but I thought he needed a trainer in there. Like I was happy when he, I thought Garcia would be doing more with him. And now he got James better, better action, you know, kind of, kind of more in, in his ear, getting him to get more aggressive because, you know, we, we'd seen that bad advice from his previous trainers, you know, McCracken and then Fernandez where they were just telling him to box and, you know, just box this guy. And, and when it wasn't really in his interests or skills, you know, box, box Usyk, you know, come, come on, you know, I mean, and, and, you know, we heard that, we literally heard that, just keep doing what you're doing, especially in the first fight, just keep on boxing them, yeah, you know, you didn't even know what they were watching, you know, um, so, but, you know, I, I got a, Derek James, one of the best guys out there right now, not, if not the best, I mean, a little bit, to me, in that corner, he, he was just kind of talking about techniques and, and I don't know how much you can do that during the fight. You know what I mean? Like was telling him to get a little more aggressive, which Joshua certainly needs, but wasn't going too far with it. So, you know, he, he's going to need some time maybe to build up some trust and things. I'm still hoping to see that. Um, I didn't see anything dramatic there and I didn't see that much. I just saw him. Tower jab was a little better, but then as, as Algeri 
correctly, I thought, pointed out as the fight went on, it has been a flaw of Joshua in recent fights, including the second Usyk fight. He starts out with that good power jab, then he starts flicking it. He gets so cautious and timid that, that he won't even stick out the power jab. And you saw that again against Franklin um, Saturday. So that concerned me. Um, you know, I thought with the extra weight, he would try to push Franklin around. I mean, you know, Emmanuel Stewart, I've mentioned it before, boxing genius. But, but this is some of the reasons he was a boxing genius. He had Lennox Lewis. I've said it before, but I, but I love the story, and it was, was so ingenious. You know, he had Lennox Lewis watching tapes of old George Foreman fight to, to fight a big man's fight, you know, use his weight, pushing guys around. And you know how good Foreman was at that, leaning on guys, getting them tired. And, you know, they, it's like they seem like they wanted to have some with Joshua, but he's just not that aggressive with it. He just doesn't do it. Um, you know, he, and, and I, one thing I kind of didn't like, too, that, you know, they were – and even James was kind of – like, Joshua was doing this before James, and then, like, it seemed like Joshua – yeah, James was encouraging it. Like, he, he wanted Joshua backing up and then trying, like, a check left hook. And, and I'm thinking, this, this dude backs off too much already for his size and offensive skill, you know? Do, do, we, do we want this guy backing off anymore when we need him more aggressive? That's one thing I noticed there. Now, maybe – James is thinking he's going to do that, so let me make it into more of an advantage for him. But, I, you know, I just think the guy backs off too much for his defense with a guy with his offensive skills, size, firepower. Um, you know, I was a little different than you, Chris. You know, when you were going through his history, I would say myself, before the Klitschko fight, I thought he might have been a power boogeyman. I mean, I'll, I'll say that. But, but the one thing I said, and you can listen to old podcast tweets, I would disagree with most of the crowd. You know, when he got hurt badly by an old, way over the hill Klitschko, uh, who had just looked terrible against Fury and hadn't fought for 17 months, that was no badge of honor for me. That was a red flag, and I'd always said that. So. That was when I got a little bit more suspect of him. I mean, before the clip. And he got fight, gassed for like multiple rounds, too. And he had yeah, just that, thrown some combo. You know, he didn't even go crazy on Black. You know what I mean? And that, that was right. always Adam like. Hurt. And he even said it. He even said it this week, and he's like, you know, I got really tired in that fight. You know, like. Yeah, he let I him mean, survive. I he get tired for a little bit, but yeah, I mean, it's lucky Black is hesitant. You know, because otherwise, right. I mean, Vlad Klitschko, let's face it, you know, as, as great as he was on his run, and I agree with you, no matter what people want to say, it, the era was weak with who he was fighting. Um, but still, he did what he had to do. But but nobody's going to call right. him Mr. Sand. I mean, his, his career, his career was nearly ended literally because of a lack of stamina and being able to take a shot. So, you know, th- those didn't those didn't become real strong attributes at age 41 now i gotta agree he showed heart in that last fight against joshua that i i wasn't even sure he had he showed me something there at age 41 going back to that fight but all what you said absolutely right i mean it, it was not this good performance for joshua and some fans still get confused with the alphabet nonsense and everything because you know the wba threw an alphabet belt on there i mean how can you have klitschko after a loss and 17 months off fight you for your alphabet belt you know it, it, it i mean it, for a vacant title it, it doesn't make any you know it doesn't make any sense so uh you, you know 
but but there's fans that get distracted by all, all that kind of nonsense. So to me, Joshua, you know, he had re- worked his way up where he was just about the top contender at that point, fought an old Klitschko and, and had to go life and death with him. That was a red flag. Now, I, I don't know if he was fully gone, like, like people say, after that fight, although he was more tentative. But then after he got stopped by Ruiz, yeah, you know, we saw that, that hyper-tentative Joshua in the rematch, and we've seen a lot of that since because, you know, a knockout of Polev, I mean, you know, an old Polev, I mean, you know, what's that really mean? And it took him a while to do that. He could have gotten him out of there earlier. So, you know, he hasn't, he hasn't, stopped, he hasn't been stopping anybody else in these recent fights. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, there, I'm with you. I mean, not washed because I don't think he's physically washed or anything like that. I agree with you. I, I'm not looking at that way either. That's why I say it wasn't a disaster, but, but there just, you know, wasn't, wasn't much gain to me. And Franklin started out okay. I agree with you. You know, the one thing he showed me was good chin. He took good shots well. I had a little bit of question there when he got hurt by White in the final round. He answered those questions for me. I had, you know, a couple questions going to fight. That was one. He answered that one. But the one he answered in the negative was, you know, I also said last week, even though it's heavyweight, can, can this guy hurt Joshua? You know, White doesn't take a good heavyweight shot, and he wasn't really putting hurt on White. And then the answer in this fight, I had some people say, of course you can hurt Joshua. It's Joshua. But after 12 rounds of this fight, he he couldn't hurt Joshua. I mean, and, and he, he stopped even trying. He went into survival mode. And I don't think it was a big victory, moral victory for Franklin either. I, that's why the fight disappointed me because I, I didn't get – I actually kind of actually finished the fight, found myself getting anxiety about the future of American heavyweights and thinking Jared Anderson better to be real because, you know, Wilder's nearing the end. You know, you saw Franklin in this fight. Uh, You saw Steven Shaw against the Jogba. I mean, that was a dud to me. I mean, that was a big dud. Um You know, Milton, you were mentioning the ESPN Plus undercard. He, he, He went the distance. You know, with a forty-three-year-old yeah, guy. Yeah, he looked. He looked real bad. That was. <laughs> yeah, that and was I thought he good. might. I thought he might have been a sleeper. Yeah. So he's. I'm kind of. I'm kind of. I am, as an American fan, a little bummed out with that. I mean, because you know the Brits got the depth. Like you know, I, as much as I hate to yeah, say they this, do. this as an American fan, like. I hate to be the guy saying this because I feel like I want to be the last guy to say this, but I got to be fair, like. I mean, Wardley's better than anything we got outside of Anderson <laughs> and Wilder, of course. You know, you know Andy Ruiz, right, right. you got, but, Andy but Ruiz, you know, right. but not yeah, as but, far you know, as young guns. Yeah, right. <laughs> and he hasn't fought. You know, he doesn't have a, a big amateur back. He has no amateur background or anything. But he's he's better yeah, than maybe the guys. Sanchez. Yeah, you're right. It's you know Sanchez, Cuban. I mean Sanchez. Now American base. You know Wallen fights out of New York. I think really people don't want to fight him because he fought Fury tough. I think that's legit. Right. You know, White pulled out. He was screaming, give me Joshua. I don't blame the guy. He's not getting fights. and you know, I don't right. think he's motivated against these lesser guys. But yeah, like Sanchez is American-based. Right. I mean, Frank Sanchez can fight. You know, Otto Varlin can fight. They're American-based, but they're not American. But yeah, you do feel, as an American, like we got some American-based guys and the one guy basing himself in America too, who took coffee out before Wardley even. Um, right. 
I, I can't, you know, he's he's uh, on the scene and Goosen's got him. So you get, he's going to base himself on America. Um, and, you know, HBO used to do a lot of it. They would have those guys fight. And, of course, HBO has gone now. But, you know, hopefully, you know, PBC will do it or something. Um, and, and, and Anderson hopefully be for real. But, you know, when you look at the British depth and you look at who, who the Americans have right now, kind of a bummer because, you know, Joshua is still viable. I mean, he still probably won the fight with Franklin 10 to 2. I gave Franklin two rounds, but I, I don't know. I don't know if Franklin, you know, I'm just not sure he's going to have the offense um, to, to be a factor. Um, so I'm a little, little, little concerned about the Americans, what, what we got coming up after a few of these recent performances. Because like, I was getting more hopeful with Franklin after that white fight. I had thought he hadn't shown much. Then he showed me something against White and started out okay against Joshua. And, you know, he's got a big size disadvantage. you got to be fair to the guy. But it's just – he looked like he could score when he let his hands go throughout the fight. But it just stopped happening. So that that was kind of what was bad there. Um, then Ramirez and Dog Bay kind of, like, agree with your analysis. I mean – I just thought, even though he was a plus 100 to get a KO, I thought Ramirez had been on a roll. He might get it, even though Dog Bay's tough. Got a knockdown in the last round, but didn't get it. A little bit of a disappointment. Again, with the odds, all these guys were really big favorites, and you were trying to be optimistic about the fight. Well, but this is kind of maybe competitive, and we, we, we might get some action or some fun out of some of these fights. And, you know, when you, when you take last weekend as a whole – that really didn't happen, and I think that ties into, like, you're leading into this weekend, Chris. I mean, yeah, we've, we've got action, but, you know, when you look at the odds and, and learning, being reminded of that lesson last week that the odds are there for a reason, um, you know, we might not get, get anything that great out of what is actually going this weekend. Um, I mean, you know, Fondura should handle Mendoza. Um you know, that, I mean, Stevenson and this, this unknown Japanese fighter, absolutely unknown and unproven. I mean, you would think if Stevenson fights to form, this guy's not going to hit him. I mean, he's just not going to do anything with him, and, and it might be dull um, because Stevenson doesn't press that much for the stoppage. He, he's not that much – he's not that powerful, but I, but I think – I wouldn't put him in that class like he can't crack an egg. You know, I've seen him hurt guys to the body when he goes to the body. You know, sometimes when he, when he presses it, you see him hurt some people. Uh, he was hurting Herring. Um, but he doesn't do it all the time. So, you know, the uh, story for me there, like we talked a few weeks ago, having been in Prudential recently, not for boxing but for hockey. But I'm kind of curious. I mean, I think for this era – Stevenson and Haney's ESPN ratings have been pretty good for the most recent era compared to everybody else. So I'm kind of curious in Jersey, um, you know, where when he was a younger kid, he grew up in Newark. If that brings some people out, poor opponent. You know, you really, I, I really at this stage, I am in the camp with everybody who's saying that I, I would have liked to have them had a better opponent for uh, Stevenson at this stage and for fighting in Prudential, Adam be a little creative. So, you know, you, you can't really blame the fans that much, but I'm I'm just hoping that, you know. Yeah, they went through like three or it. four opponents too, you know, as far as offers prior to it. So they, I think we could probably say they did their due diligence at least to an extent, you know, to get a better opponent. But 
you know. Yeah, I, I, of course, I, I kind of go on sense. You know, some guys, I think, probably don't want to fight tougher opponents, and some guys, really, other people don't want to fight. I mean, I, I would say who's, who's really looking to fight Shakur Stevenson? I mean, I'm saying in terms of looking to fight, and probably nobody. Um, you know, I, I, don't, right. I don't think – right. You know, I don't, I don't think honestly, like, you know, people like knock Cruz, him, but, but I, you know. We know right. Cruz. Yeah. We've been saying this for a while. He's going to get a better payday fighting a rematch with uh, Gervonta. That's just the fact. Right. I think that's what he's looking for. And, I, and he might get that fight. I think he might get that fight. We've said that. I, I, I think I can see that one PBC putting that together. Yeah, I don't think I don't think people want to fight Janabek Al-Mkului. Uh, I don't think people will knock him and stuff, but I think most guys really didn't want to fight Andrade. I don't, I don't think they're interested in fighting him. Um, you know, but then there's other guys like I'm thinking like, well, they bring so much money. Like, you know, obviously Canelo, anybody's going to fight Canelo. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I have a camp like, you know, if there's enough money there, anybody's going to fight these guys. But, but these, these are guys that it's going to take a lot of money for, for people to, to want to fight these guys because they can make you look bad uh, and, and it's their tricky styles to fight. So it, it, it's going to take a lot of money. I mean, that's where I think, and I'm probably Aram is looking at it. I mean, because I, I favor him over Lomachenko like the odds. I mean, you know, Aram could, he, it might not be the best style matchup, but, but he, he could get Haney and Stevenson together with the, with the ratings they're pulling and make it a pretty big money fight. And then they, could be willing to fight each other. It's not the best stylistic matchup, but competition-wise and interest, it's a really good matchup. I mean, I'm I'm hoping they they don't hold off on that too long. Um, but yeah, this one's kind of a dud. So uh, you know, and then we've got Bam Rodriguez, who you know I love his talent. Um, I don't think this guy's got anything for him. Only thing that worked to me could stumble, like you know, is is it just. I don't think he needs it either. I mean, I, I, I'm always in favor of a guy fighting in the traditional weight class and flyweight's traditional, but but we'd still like to see good fights. And you know, there there you know there were more interesting fights at 115 pounds for him. Um, you know, is this being too tricky? You know, this going even though it's only three pounds and he had fought at 108. You know, is it, that, that's sometimes just what you got to watch. I mean, like, it, is this being too tricky? It, it just seems to me to be like an unnecessary move, even though I prefer the traditional weight classes, the original eight, which far weights one. So that part I like about it. But in terms of otherwise, in terms of more key matchups and stuff, I, I kind of don't get this. You know, you saw what he did to Sore Rungvisai. Um, he doesn't, he doesn't, he's just that good. Yeah, you know, I, I think he'd handle Estrada. I mean, you know, I I I said before Chocolatito went down to Estrada, he would have handled him. And the the people who said, "Oh, that's crazy, it's too premature," and everything, all I've heard is crickets since. You know, we don't hear much about that. Right. Um, and there's another one I got to mention about that too. Like you mentioned Joshua Joyce, and about these guys being favored over Joshua. It's a good segue to get back to that because you're right. I mean, you know, I think with what Joshua's shown lately. You know, obviously Fury's favored over him. Uh, I think Joyce is a favorite over him now too. Probably Wilder. Um, you know, there was a couple of clowns on Twitter who who said, "How dare I say that Joshua didn't show the intangibles that Joe Joyce has shown in the ring when Joyce, you know, took out Parker and showed that aggressiveness right. when he first got to stop Parker." I don't. I don't hear. That's another cricket. 
I, I don't hear a lot right. of outrage. I didn't hear a lot of outrage after Saturday with Franklin. You know how how dare how dare you you know compare Joe Joyce to Anthony Joshua. You know people right. they got carried away with just because Joshua. Look, you know you can always give him this. He, he's fought more name heavyweights than anybody else out there, and that's what his defenders always want to get caught up in. Right, but top ten. He has right. a, he has, yep. But but don't don't tell me he's beating great fighters because he he beat a forty one year old Klitschko who who looked like a corpse against Fury seventeen months before that uh, and been off for seventeen months. He hasn't beaten. Yeah, and went to hell and back too. He's seen the right. light, you know. Right. Just saying, like you know, just because Joshua has more heavyweight names on his resume than anybody else, you know, he, he doesn't have. I mean, but this is just to, to illustrate my point, like. You know, his wins aren't over Muhammad Ali, George Foreman, and Joe Frazier. You know, his wins are over guys like Dominic, you know, Brazil, and Charles Martin. I know they had that that still shot of him, you know, standing over Klitschko like Ali, right? That still, remember that still shot they had? (laughs) And it's like, that's cool, but what are we doing here? You know what I mean? Like, calm down a little bit. And I think the combination of overhyping him, and then losing your bet on a knockout, it's like, well, what what were you expecting going in for sure from, from AJ, you know? We're not ripping him apart or anything like that. Like you said, he's fought quality opposition, but let's keep it, you know, let's keep it realistic, though. And you're right. You know, there's more legalized betting now in the United States than there has been in history. DraftKings, which is good, actually, for the sport because they're so big now, they're all over Boston. I wish I mean, Minnesota would certain- kick it in gear here. John, yeah, we they need, gotta we get need it some legalization. I think they will, but you know, I'm in West Virginia, New Jersey, where the first two states legalized. So yeah, after Nevada, and you guys are killing so, it too. You right. saw I've that top ten list of February, man. You guys are killing yeah. it. Yeah, and uh, DraftKings is the main sponsor now. Like if on the DAZN telecast, right? I mean, on the PBC yep. pay per views, so. I think you make an excellent point. I mean, people, when they lose their prop bets, you're right. Even if it's subconscious, you know, telling themselves that's not why they're criticizing the fighter, I think you make a damn good point. I mean, I think, I think it, it, it ain't good. They're not Right. They're not more and more. And you're, you're absolutely right. You're going to see it more and more. So these guys are going to have to start realizing that. You're right. A, a guy sees Joshua as a big favorite, and the only play he feels he can make is the KO play, and he doesn't get it. He's not – He's not happy with Anthony Joshua picking up that W. I mean, he should have backed it up with a plus four twenty or whatever the hell it was. Remember, we went over those stats too. You could have went Joshua by decision and put a little on it, and and then it would pay off big. Yeah. So you you know it's just, but these are all factors you got to look at in the modern, in the modern, uh, in the modern game. So. Uh, yep. So I think that's. That, that is the main – we got, uh, you know, Fondora this weekend, right, Rodriguez, and uh, we've got Stevenson, right? Yeah, yeah. What do you think? Gonzalez is going to give Rodriguez, like, the the most competitiveness within a round? I mean, what, what? I don't know. I mean, I guess the way Fondora does fight, it lends itself to being competitive with him because, you know, he usually goes balls to the walls, but – yeah, it just seems like I'm just hoping these B-sides can really, you know, put forth a good TV fight, you know? 
Like you, yeah, I'm Mendoza, with you though on the Stevenson. That's going to be tough with Stevenson because he's Mendoza, so talented. I'd actually say maybe Mendoza might have the best shot because I love sure. Fundora, but it's just that he's got a more formidable challenge with Fundora because Fundora is right, so right, unique. Right. But you know, when you see Mendoza fight, his defense is decent. You know, he doesn't have a lot of pop, uh, but like he's kind of like competent and everything. So, yeah, yeah, he can counter a little bit. Yeah, uh, right. Yeah, that's true. You know, I, I don't think he, he he's coming in hot. Yeah, but maybe just because, you know, he's not a guy that's like get hit at will or anything like that. I mean, uh, you know, may, maybe he can maybe he can do something. Um, just make know, it two-way. Him. Yeah, yeah, to make it two-way because if Bam's on Bam the and, and Stevenson is just too talented. Uh, usually to make it too much two way, you know. That, that's what I'm thinking. Like I like Fundora, yeah. but you know, he'll he'll take some shots. He'll come in aggressively most of the time. Now I hadn't liked it, but he's actually said he wanted to do it, and he kind of fought that way. There, there's been a couple fights where he just decided to box, and he wasn't his normal entertaining self. Won the fights pretty easily, but I hope he, especially with Mendoza, who's not a huge puncher. I hope he doesn't do that with Mendoza. You know, at least if he if he comes when he comes forward and rips those uppercuts, he's very exciting and very destructive. So um, I think if he does that, but Mendoza being pretty good defensively, uh, competent, like you said, countering and things. I mean, maybe has enough to hang in there. Maybe maybe that one gets a little bit interesting. But uh, yeah, it, it could be another weekend like last weekend. Last weekend, I I actually had some hopes for maybe a little more action and the odds would suggest and I didn't feel like we got it so uh I don't know and you know boxing's got to watch that I mean at least the you know you're looking a few weeks ahead the Davis Garcia odds are closer um and they both punch so you would have higher hopes there but you know just announced this week I mean kind of the undercards kind of like appearances like you know Morel's making an appearance you know Elijah Garcia is the possible middleweight future Salgado's tough, but you know Salgado's got nothing offensively for him. I don't think so. It's just a matter of can he stand in there for ten taking shots with Garcia? He probably can't. I mean, but that's not really like a you know a competitive undercard fight. And then you know Beck and Rosado too. You know Rosado shouldn't even be. You know I don't even I don't want to see him in there anymore. I guess I can just say that I don't. So I certainly yeah. I'd much rather fight this than uh, Zerto, but in the same breath. You know, we've been talking about him for a while. Will it yeah, be a good action fight? Yeah, of course it will. You know, those two will. But the co-feature just needs a little bit more kick up, you know, than, than what, you know, that opponent for, for Morrell. It just, yeah, it's I a think, showcase. I don't know. I think, you know? I think Rosado is going too far. I, I, I think he could get beat up early in this one. You know, he just landed the one shot last time, and he's not normally a puncher. I don't I, – I, it reminds me of, like, something like the Chisora Fury. I'm just not comfortable with that this fight, this back. Even though Rosada beat him last time, he, he landed the one bomb when he was really in trouble himself on the way to trouble. And, you know, he's long past it, taking a lot of shots. Uh, just like I didn't need, you know, Chisora Fury 3, dreadful mismatch. I, I, I'm not comfortable. I really don't like this fight. I don't even like this fight being on the card. So, you know, and I'm thinking, I don't I don't know how it plays out, Chris. I mean, it's, it's almost, it's hard to believe it's getting this close. It's not really premature. I mean, we're on April 4th now. 
I mean, you know, a lot of it's with the social media figuring that, that Davis and Garcia are going to sell. You know, Garcia hasn't had a pay-per-view. Davis has had them, but they don't release the numbers. So you know they're doing okay, but yet you know they're not blockbusters. You know, it, it's an intriguing fight, but, you know, it's at 136. They're you know, there's other guys that are like, you know, you got Lomachenko and Haney you're fighting. In other words, you know, there's other legit guys making claims at the top of the division. Haney's the lineal champ. Um, I don't know. You know, it, I, I, I think they're doing the old where Steven Espinosa has admitted it. I mean, you know, and we've seen this a lot. So all promoters and things, but I mean, years ago, he said, you know, it had gotten with pay-per-view where we feel like the fans are buying the main event. So, you know, we're not going to bother spending money on the undercard because we found it doesn't matter. Now they did it with plant and Benavides, but I'm concerned because, you know, what I've used as the barometer, I would have thought it did good, but since seen guys have not written about the pay-per-view numbers at all. And, you know, that's a, well, Jake has talked about it though. Jake has reported it though. Not on boxing scene, but he has reported it. What what did he say? Because I missed that. He reported uh, it's not going to hit two two hundred thousand, but it's anywhere from one seventy to one eighty, uh, and it's just that. short of four million at the gate. Because the guy, the guy that put forty five. Why I even mentioned that, and I just said a concern is because, and you notice I didn't right. cite the numbers. But you said that the, the guys that were putting out forty five thousand were UFC mouthpieces, and I got right. personally nothing like against UFC. You know. I, I don't just have the time to follow MMA like I used to because we're commentating on boxing and I'm watching all the fights and you know we've got to have a life too. So, but like I don't have like any distaste for MMA or anything like that. But I'm just saying like I want credible reporting and the guys that I saw put out forty five thousand for Plant and Benavides, I even had stopped following some of them because I'm like these guys are just UFC mouthpieces. I mean they don't they they pretend they're reporting boxing TV numbers, but it's always they puff up a UFC number and, and, you know, and then like a boxing number that's like ridiculously low. They throw they throw out there and say nothing else about boxing. So that's why I wanted to see something else. I did yeah. not see Jake's report on that, but you know, he's obviously with boxing scene, if it was on his own. And, and you know what? I could believe that, that, that scene sounds to me credible. Um, and, you know, even Steve Vanessa. It Espinosa sounds like agreed. they're, you know, over breaking even, but not they didn't go big, big or anything like that. But I think it does, you know, those were less guarantees too, you know, rather than what, what we got up on this one. So I, I really wasn't thinking this was going to be a good undercard just because of the money at the top. Um, but, yeah, it, it's underwhelming, to say the least. And, and that's what happened. And I'm kind of bummed because, to me, that really does matter as a boxing fan. Like, you know, I want to see Davis Garcia, but that's where I'm, I really do look at that a little bit because you got all the illegal streaming now and stuff, and, and the fans do tend to seem to vote a little bit like that. Like, you know, you look at that undercard, and, you and you know, that, that's where you, you get – I think you do get some hardcore fans. Like, I'm just going to illegal stream that, you know, like even though it's Davis Garcia because the undercard – you know, the undercard's got nothing – that's bringing anybody in and then you're like oh i gotta pay 85 bucks just to see you know tank and and ryan garcia i, I don't know it, it could turn into one of i mean i can't it, it's 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 kind of sad where we're at but like 
do you see, uh, you know, I guess it is time to get down to it where you've got to start thinking about PPD predictions. I mean, do you see this doing do a million, as big a fight as it is? It's, it's hard to see that. Yeah, I mean, I see it. I think it has a chance, but I would I would line it up more on the 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 Canelo, like from seven hundred to like eight hundred something somewhere in that range. Um, now, um, you know, maybe during the Masters they'll have a commercial run that would pique interest, or you know, I don't know, but. I, we haven't seen the full layout or whatever of the marketing just yet, but you know, I, it's really tough for, for something to go a million now. So it's like, I, I, I can't really call that, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not confident say it'll do a million. No, I think it'll do at least six or 700,000. Uh, does it have a chance at 800,000? I think it does. Um, but in the gate is strong so far. That's for damn sure. It sounds like it's going to at least be in the top 10 uh, Vegas all time. Uh, so that's at least 15 million and up. Um, but yeah, it's really tough, John, to call for a million in these time frames right now, you know? Yeah, really tough, I think. Yeah, it's reached a point where as big of a fight as it is, kind of number you said, like, you know, 800,000 would probably be like a huge hit major victory with, with well, because when you look at, you know, Fury. Jury Wilder two did eight fifty, um, and they went all out on that one, and it was you know PBC and top rank. Um, Canelo Plant eight fifty, yeah, like you know, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know if they can. I mean, I think probably, I hate saying this as a boxing fan and commentator, but it, we're probably at a point where if they hit eight fifty, you got to consider it a major victory. You wish it would be more, but oh yeah. No, maybe you're this right. does it's it. Really major. And, and maybe this does it. And if you want to, people like to. Some people like to look at the bright side. So if you want to look at the bright side, maybe it does that. And then they make Spence and Crawford, which I, I kind of believe today's ring report. I, I just think it's what you and I have been saying. Boxing's running out of big fights to make that even have any chance to kind of get above the normal hardcore base. That they kind of almost have to make them because there's just not enough else out there so for those reasons you and i have discussed i could see it happening around june 17th and then the saying if you want to look at the bright side even though there's a lot of pay-per-views maybe if davis garcia does an 850 and it's a really good fight maybe that gives you the momentum for like a crossover with a crawford spence you know in, in june or sometime around there um if you want to be an optimist i would i would just say that but you know, you gotta you gotta get those numbers with Davis and Garcia, and it's gotta be a it's gotta be a good fight. But it could be. We'll have to we'll have to hope for the best there. Yeah, we will. We definitely will. Any any other items, sir, uh, before you head on out of here? I think that's about it because I end up throwing in other stuff I wanted to touch upon. I mean, I hope we get to Spence Crawford. I think for the reasons you and I talk, boxing just got to make some of these fights. I, I was skeptical that Davis Garcia would get made. It did. I'm, I'm happy for that. So I got to think they can do Spence Crawford. Um, and that would, that would got to have it. I mean, you know, it, it, it's sad. If we're, we're at a point where these aren't going to be automatic crossovers. These are fights that at least we can hope for some crossover. And, and just because that would help the sport. Um, 
there's not too much else to have because um, just wrapping it up, you talk about the Fury Usyk falling apart. Even though, of course, I'd like to see that fight just like all other boxing fans. You, you know, we do know if you, if you want to look at the cold hard reality, though, that that's not a big selling fight in the U.S. by any means. So, you know, fair or not, well, yeah, not that's real, true. It's not part of the U.S. radar in terms of, you know, like it or not, right or not. It, you just got to call it as it is, and it's not. So that's kind of out in terms of being a factor in the U.S., even though it's a big fight. Um, so, you know, Davis Garcia is happening, Spence Crawford. But, you know, if these don't do that good, I mean, then you got Haney Lomachenko. I mean, I, I think ESPN, as I had said, they built some momentum, but now it reminds me of where I felt like PBC was building some momentum and they kind of, to me, panicked a little bit going for the pay-per-view. It almost seems to me like now ESPN did that. They're seeing other pay-per-views out there. We got to do this with Haney. I mean, even at 59.99, I mean, he was doing good ratings. Loma's done some good ratings. Stevenson's been doing some, these are all relatively speaking, you know, why not roll it a little longer and then go to the pay-per-view when these guys have really built up their exposure, but that's kind of the boxing world we live in. So, because I, I'm not sure that does that great pay-per-view. All right. Well, you have yourself a good rest of the week. Have a good weekend. And let's hope some of these B sides or maybe some of these undercard fights can pop off. We'll see what happens. I hope so. All right, Chris, thanks for having me as always. Yep. Take it easy. Have a good one. All right, that was John. Definitely a good follow on Twitter as well. Um, oops. <laughs> well, uh, Ramirez trainer has uh, or trainer, Jesus Christ, uh, manager has come out. And the first sentence is just silly on his tweet. It's just like, really, dude. Wow, are you? Uh, if you if you got it like that, then just have it like that. You know, it's 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 real funny. Anyway, um, we'll get into that a little bit later. Let's stay in the ring, just to kind of uh, you know talk more about the fight. The fights plural. Um, that Fabio Wardley, Michael Coffey. Yeah, I mean some early punches that were landed okay. Um, in the first round, pretty, like a slower round in the second round, there was some late lands by, uh, Wardley. Coffee in the third one, you know, he did actually start to land, actually his jab started landing his right hand a little bit more, uh, early right hands in, in the left to the left to the, the head and body um, in the third round by uh, Fabio. Um, Fabio landed a big right hand and then some combinations, and that was a shitty stoppage. I mean, let's be honest. Like, there's just no way he should have stopped that fight. I mean, he just, come on, man. Let, let's, 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 let's be real, right? Let's, let's level. Let's get on the same level, right? Like, that, that, that was a horrible stoppage. There was a couple of them like that. Well, that one really stood out to me. I, I was uh, I was shooken that. Yafaya came back and won. Uh, you know, 
made up for it. It was like what uh, there was a knockdown, then a TKO in the fourth round. Um, there was an upset. Uh, Huber, Huber, Huber pulled an upset. Um, you know, otherwise, not a whole lot more. Where does Anthony Joshua go from here now? It's funny because I just brought up a fact. Okay, a, a, I should say a fact, but a, a potential like it doesn't mean he's fighting Fury or Wilder or Joyce next. You know what I mean? Um, don't be shocked if they, you know, fight Dillian White next or someone like that. Uh, Oda Wallen. Who else did they mention? I think they mentioned Joyce, but this is actually from boxing scene. This is Hearn. Right now, Joshua is not at the optimum level. He could be to face Fury or Wilder. Eddie Hearn, promoter, blah, 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 blah. Uh, where's the quotes? Where's the quotes? The general feeling is we need another fight, a step up from Franklin. But in order to gel and continue to improve with Derek James, we need another fight in the summer of that nature. Uh, we also know that the Tyson fight, uh, whether that's even possible, maybe a summer fight, that may be the only chance. So it's a difficult decision because if we're doing it uh, with a view to keep improving and for longevity and to get him to his best, then we should have another fight. Momentum is key for AJ. He's boxed like twice a year, sometimes once a year through COVID for the last three or four years. I want to box him in July and then again in December. Okay. So, um, a lot of people, I, maybe maybe five, six messages came through, and a lot of them were just, you know, to be fair, they were just uh, nut-hugging. I mean, they were just all up on, you know, or her or whatever. And I'm not ta- – most UK fans, fight fans, I'm not talking about. I'm talking about, you know just a few that just come through and they just say, oh, dude, it's this is next. Now, you know, if Tyson Fury's next or Wilder's next, bring it on. Great. Great, great, great. That That's great. But there's a chance he could fight Dillian White or somebody else, okay? So they've come out and said that. They, they have already been saying that um, early this year and last year. You know, like at the end of – once they knew they weren't going to fight Fury, uh, which we all know that was never going to happen anyway. But once it was official, they weren't you know, going to fight him. That was the plan. Get him out. Get a fight back. Get him out, you know. And I'm not saying it's even that bad of a plan. Now, are they going to put Dillian White on pay-per-view? Uh, you know, the rematch? is the, I'm not crazy about that, but I wouldn't doubt it, you know. Um and by the way, I, we are going to cover that shit later in the show, okay, as far as the uh, the gate stuff. I was just going to report the gate, and I just mentioned that is, you know, and, and I was going to do layers um, to the report, okay? So that's coming, okay? So just calm down, calm down. Um, but, yeah, this is actually, AJ said, just me and my mate abs. Um. He's in a sauna right now. 11 or like 12 rounds, cardio, recovery day, recovery day, 12 weeks I go again. All glory to God. So he's, they're going to keep him busy. And, and, you know, I just doubt 
that they're going to, you know, do that. I just, I highly doubt that. I, I highly doubt that they're going to, you know, they're going to put him in there with Fury or Wilder. Like I said, bring it on. I hope that's the case, but I can also see him, you know, doing this. So, and from the sounds of it, Saudi wants the fight, whatever fight it is, later this year, like November, December. I mean, you heard her say December, July, August, whatever, and then December. So um, that's what I'm guessing. Could be wrong, but that that's what I'm guessing. So don't shoot the messenger. Your boy Eddie said it. And I was going off what Eddie had said prior. That was the whole point, that don't just automatically think he's going to go fight Tyson and Wilder next, or at least not going to fight both at the same time. But you know what I'm saying. Anyway, uh, moving on to the ESPN card, which – there was a couple of fights there that I really liked on the undercard. Okay. Before we get there, we'll go with Robesi, uh, Ramirez and Isaac Dogbe, Right. And for the first, I, I three out of the first four rounds I gave to, uh, Ramirez. Now, some folks thought this fight was a pick em type fight at the end of it could be not going into it per se, but I'm saying at the end, there was some controversy on the scorecards, right? We'll talk a little bit about that. But it was a slower start, you know, a couple good shots to the body early on. Um, you know, I do think that with a counter left in the second round, um, Robesi buzzed, I'll say that. Um, and then – he landed, you know, like a nice uppercut late as well. Dogbo, for me, the body work, you know, started coming out for me. I think that did it. Um, and, he, and he closed that round, the third round, with some clean shots. Um, more left hands to the body for Ramirez and an uppercut as well. I think more, more than just one uppercut. But I gave Dogbo the, the third, the fourth. Uh, exchanges early. Um, and and Dogbo. You know, Dog Bay was starting to land more and more uh, a few times, you know, flush. Big right hand, I recall. But multiple clean shots. I just think Ramirez did enough there. Now, the fifth round, to me, was really, really close. You had Barry Hunter, um, you know, really going for it. Uh, basically, he was saying, you got to bully. You got to bully this dude, you know. Um don't lose to a one-handed man. You know, we don't lose to one-handed man because, he, you know, Ramirez was using his left. Um, the fifth round was close, though. That could have been one you give to Dog Bay. I thought, although there was some early lands with that pressure starting to go more from Dog Bay in the sixth, I thought the few left hands, one of them stumbled Dog Bay a bit, uh, and then a late, like a flush left hand, a couple of good shots later in that sixth round. I gave it to, to, to Ramirez. Seventh gave to Dog Bay. Uh, was on that southpaw uh, out of nowhere. Um, he had his moments. He was a tad busier. I think, he, you know, I, I kind of was like, yeah, I'll give it to him. I, I think that, that, that was his. After that round, eighth through twelfth, 
didn't have that many out there to give to him. The jab left hand, uh, whether it's a lead or, or left hand counter from Ramirez, more jabs. And he did get into pot shot mode. You know, Dogbo, Dogbay was like landing some stuff, right? But he, he couldn't follow up. Um, he just couldn't. Now there was a what was it a knockdown or was it no that's right it was a trip like the foot off balance thing they did have the replay um, I think it was a uppercut left hand but anyway um, I don't know uh, to me one seventeen one ten one eighteen one oh nine one nineteen one oh eight I, I agree those are wide especially the the one eighteen and the one nineteen that is wide you know I I think you can give it like nine to three or something like that maybe eight to four i'm looking at my card thinking can i give them another round in there yeah maybe you know what i mean so okay you know whatever but uh yeah i don't know i just uh i thought ramirez won cleanly um now did i think he should like the follow-up like i said uh, Dog Bay couldn't follow up on shots, right? But to be fair, Ramirez really didn't follow up as much as he could either. And I thought some of the games that he was, as a pro, that he was showing, I didn't see that per se. I didn't see that come to fruition. Now, once again, speaking of betting, now I did throw out the flyer and put it in my article as well. Uh, for the plus number, the large plus number for Anthony Joshua by decision. Uh, hit on that. Hit on that for Benavides last week, although I was sweating that Benavides went out way more than I was for Franklin, uh, you know, making it. I thought he could make it. Now, the only thing I bring that up, not to brag or boast, um, well, a little bit, but Ramir- now I had Ramirez. I had the bet, plus 124, the under. That didn't hit. Okay, that didn't hit. I'm fully aware of that. I did have him winning uh, also, but didn't hit, right? So um, you could say the same thing I have been saying at at some of this with the Joshua thing. Oh, you had the bet for knockout. Well, I had a bet for knockout, but I also didn't see the follow-up with that type of hand speed in in, in just throwing – more effective punches and trying to really do what he had been doing of late. I thought he could have went a little bit harder, uh, but, you know, he did get the job done. So did he look uh, phenomenal? I don't think so. I don't think so. I thought he's looked a little bit better. Now, this was a step up in class, so we got to remember that. To an extent, Dog Bay is over the hill. Um in his last four wins, you could say he lost one of them. You could even go and say he's two and two if you wanted to. By the way, they did show that stat of uh, champions who lost their first pro fight, noble fighters, Henry Armstrong, Benny Leonard, Bernard Hopkins, Juan Marquez, and Rafael Marquez. That was kind of cool. So credit to him. Um, I thought he looked pretty good. Um, I, I did think he would counter more. I gotta admit, I thought he'd counter more. I thought he would uh, just lay bigger shots out. You know, just, just I, I did, I did. And, and whether it was a knockout or not, you know, 
you know, Dog Bay's a, a tough dude and whatnot. So I'm not even saying a knockout. He had to get a knockout. But even like a knockdown or just looking to finish the fight. And to me, I just didn't really see that. I didn't see that. So we'll we'll kind of uh, leave it there. But, hey, after losing your first fight to come back and, and show some, you know, some improvement and all that, that is pretty cool. No matter how you dice it. Um, we have, uh, well, Abdullah Mason, now, what, 7-0 and with six KOs. Beautiful right. Was it a right counter? Beat him to the punch. Uh, I think it was a jab that his opponent, Benitez, was throwing, and Abdullah just tore his ass out the frame, if we're being honest, right? That was nice. Tiger Johnson against Olvera. You know, uh, pretty mediocre in general for, for Tiger Johnson, whether you're talking offense or defense. Through the first uh, few rounds, it was tit for tat, though. Um, neither guy was really separating themselves. I'll say that. I, I thought um, Olvera, or was it Olivera? He, he was he was the first three rounds, dude. He gave Johnson a lot to think about. I did think Johnson, you know, pulled away. Obviously, uh, he was jabbing nice with the pivot, uh, jab pivot, uh, countering at the right hand as well, uh, even off the ropes at at times, or, or having you know his opponent on the ropes didn't do that a whole lot. Um, good upper body movement, um, starting to bring the overhand right. Actually, in the sixth, it was an overhand right, and then I think two more, and it was almost a knockdown. I mean, that was a that was a close ass call for a knockdown. But yeah, other than that, you know, you did have Overa bringing pressure, landing decently. Um, I think the the seventh round was probably his best round in a long time, uh, in a few rounds anyway. You know, basically since those first opening rounds, there was some give and take especially early and mid, but I, I think Johnson pretty much, you know, for me, won that fight, uh, but did have issues. Didn't look all that great. I'll say that, but it was a competitive fight and we'll see where he goes from here. Sometimes you, you know, I thought it looked better as the fight went on. Like I said, with the jab pivot and whatnot, thought he showed some fairly nice things, but offensively and defensively was just okay. Nothing too special there, but we'll see how he advances as a prospect. Uh, Milton, that was a very slow fight. He didn't look all that good. We'll see where he goes. But um, Jahai Tucker in Nikolai's uh, Nik- Nikolai Nikolai I don't know the Chicken uh, Zansky. I'll just say Chicken Zansky because the Minnesota Gophers uh, actually had a ball player named Chicken Zansky. And <laughs> if you Google it, he's a funny looking dude. But uh, his son now, he doesn't – well, his son balls, but uh, it's a different type. He, he plays basketball too, but now he's in football. I think he's a tight end. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. But this was a good fight. Nikolai, the first two rounds for sure. I mean, the left hands just winging bombs um, at him. And, and Tucker was showing it was affecting him. Flush left hands behind the jab. Um Tucker was active, but he was getting clipped. He was getting clipped left and right. Um, he did close that first round. I thought he landed, um, 
you know, a nice short uppercut in the second round. He kind of bounced back from the from the first round, but I still didn't give him that round. Um, the left hook to the body and head, um, I still gave uh, Nikolaj's, uh, Nico, Nikolaj's, I don't know how to say it. Nikolai, we'll call him. Um, I gave him the second round, too. Now, <laughs> the third round was close. We did have, um, you know, we did have both guys uh, hitting on the break, and, and Jahai Tucker was, was, you know, he the very next round, it was a point deducted for hitting on the break, uh, like why they were kind of clinched holding. But, but speaking of holding, the damn refs had Nikolai's, he literally, and I'm purposely saying his name all over the place, but he was holding them. And then it was like, what's, this, what, what's going on? And Tucker, and I don't blame him, but then he, he threw a punch at him. It was like, dude, why are they trying to do the Larry Bird, Charles Barkley? Why, why is the ref playing Charles Barkley and grabbing Larry Bird and then letting Dr. J and this, you know, Jahi Tucker just go off on him? It was, it was kind of hilarious, but it was like, what the hell? Uh, but then after that, so there's a point deducted in there. At that fifth round, that's where I thought Tucker, I mean, that was his best round. But those overhand rights, he really started, I guess you could say, maybe coming out of his shell or whatever. He really started doing some good things there, I thought. Uh, and he won the rest of the round, uh, working the body, still pushing the edge of, uh, you know, hitting on the brakes and, and, and pushing on. And, you know, hey, I don't, see, I don't mind guys like this. I don't mind that. Uh, that doesn't bug me. I've been watching boxing for a long time. I'm no boxing historian, you know, but uh, I don't mind guys like that. You know, you push the, you push the rules a little bit. It is what it is. Um, now, Shikinsvilia, or Shikinsansky, a.k.a. Shikinsansky, he was landing, you know, more left hooks and stuff, and there was, like, exchanges in the seventh round. You know, at close range, but the close range body work, and I just think he got the better of it, uh, Tucker. He was using his jab more as the fight went on. I thought that was uh, pretty smart. And overall, in the eighth, he just landed better. In overall, I, I thought he, I thought he, you know, he snuck it out. Seventy-seven, seventy-four, Tucker, um, all three scorecards because he got the point deducted. So it would have been seventy-eight, seventy-four. By the way, 90 seconds left of the live stream. If you want to dial 646-381-4990, go ahead and listen to the rest of the show, 646-381-4990. I'm sorry I've been kind of slacking on that for the last 90 seconds. I had a couple messages the other week saying, dude, what the hell? Why didn't you tell me that the shit was going to cut off? <laughs> I'm sorry, Dad. That's mine. That's mine. That's mine. I'll take full responsibility. Um so, yeah, where are we at? Where are we at? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, uh, otherwise, you know, Tucker showed me. Now, you could say, you know, man, those first few rounds, shit, he didn't look all that good and all that. But, I, you know, he showed some heart in there. Um, both guys did. I liked the fight. Um, but we'll see where Tucker goes from here. It was a, it was. This is one of the fights that really stood out for me on the card. It was like sink or swim, real deal fight. We kind of knew that was going to be a tough opponent. Remember a couple of people, Adam, a couple other people uh, mentioned on Twitter as well um, that this was going to be a good fight, and it was. It was. It, it really, 
It was a test for Tucker, dude. Real deal test. Uh, other notes from the card: uh, Dante Benjamin, you know, in route scored what three knockdowns in route to a knockout over McCargo. First round, I think the first knockdown was like a left hook body shot. Uh, I think it was like a left hook body shot, and then was it a right uppercut? I think that's what it was. Anyway. Uh, right hand for the second knockdown, third knockdown, kind of a, a left to the body, um, right to the head. I think it was a left hand that, you know, finished him. Um, and then Vargas, young Vargas was on there too. Uh, coming right out with the, the leaping left hook. They even said he's not really setting shit up with a jab. He doesn't need to. He's coming to, to you know, put a beating on old boy. So he did leaping left hook in the first round. Uh, body punches, combinations uh, to the head and body, scored the, I think it was the second round knockout, if I remember correctly. So, you know, not much to, I don't like to go too deep on, on the real quick knockouts uh, on the undercard. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to go a little deeper on this undercard because, you know, it was solid. And I and I like, I like those type of shit. I mean, don't we all? Don't we all? Um, and then... Jose Enrique Vivas against Yoet Gonzalez. Enrique, um, this was a this was a fun fight too. Now, you could say as the fight wore on, Vivas about the pressure, but it was a lot of um, kind of arm punchy type shoe shine stuff. I mean, if we're being honest, but these mother efforts went to it, dude. They got into it. Uh, pause. And, you know, Vivas, I thought, well, first of all, I mean, the inside action from Jump Street, especially to close the damn round, the first round, uh, Vivas, just body work, I gave it to him. Second round, that was a close round. Could have went to Vivas as well. I did give Joette, um, he started landing like short shots to the body in the head. Good action fight, you could just tell. I gave him the third in the fourth. Um, in that third round, they showed the stats. It was like Divas, 29 of 110, right? A lot of punches to the body, obviously. But, four, in a, you know, a decent percentage, uh, percentage, no doubt. But 42 punches out of 68, four, 62%. Damn, in one round. That's pretty crazy. Um and then Gonzalez, I said the fourth round, heavier punches. That's where this is where you started to see some shoe shine coming in. These shoe shine flurries. Um, fifth round, I noticed Gonzalez started landing that right hand, that little step back right hand. Uh, a lot of times to the head, sometimes to the body, but a little step back using Vivas, you know, his pressure um, and encounter him pretty well. I gave, it's a close round in the sixth, but I gave uh, Jose Enrique Vivas the sixth round. That pressure, uh, you know, started to, I think the body work, I don't know. The the one thing I'll say about this broadcast, though, they were lecturing the fucking A-side, dude. Like lecturing Joette. This is what he needs to do, and he's not doing it. So what the hell? It's kind of like, well, dude, okay, we've established who the A-side is. And, and, you know, all these networks do it, but golly, sometimes they're so 
This is what the guy's got to do. This, our top rank guy, we got. This is what he's not doing. This okay, cool. But what's what's the other guy doing? Vivas is throwing hella punches, dude. Does that count for anything? It just got a little. I, I wrote a note like, dog, call the fight, man. Call the fight. Like I just, it gets old. It's like we know everyone's used to the A side of each fight. We get it. But golly, sometimes it's just like, dude. Stop lecturing the fucking A-side and give some credit to Vivas, dude. Enrique's out there throwing punches. Like, it just is weird to me, dude. It just gets old, man. It just gets old. Anyway, Yoet Gonzalez, big right hand in the last part of the seventh round, the eighth and ninth. Um, Gonzalez really stepped it up as far as landing flush shots. Don't get me wrong. Vivas was still coming. Um, but just not a whole lot on his punches by that time. So, um, uh, like in the 10th round, the 10th and final round, Bebo's getting the better work early, thudding shots, though, midway and down the stretch. So that was, you know, that was good enough. That was from Gonzalez, of course. Um, but, I mean, these punch stats are pretty crazy. Now, you know, Vivas, he only landed 22% of his shots, but 207, nine, you know, 930 is, is throwing punches, dude. Um, that's, you know, getting close to 100 around, throwing anyway. And then 271, though, to, uh, for landing for Gonzalez and Joette through 646, but 42%. That's pretty damn good. Remember that? What was it? The third round, 60%. That's crazy. Now, Vivas, 89 of his 207, 89 to 57 on the body work, dude. So, yeah, he was going to the body. He was getting his in. So, um, yeah, I just, I don't know. Like, I got to admit, like, you can pick out, you know, shit about each broadcast. But, man, sometimes, I don't know, dude, sometimes it's just, it's, just, it's pretty, I don't know. It just, it turns me off. And it's not like I'm trying to get turned on, but you know what I mean. It's just kind of like, dude, just call the fight, man. What about the fucking B-side? Enrique's over here throwing punches, dude. Does that count for anything? It just That's a little weird to me. But I'm not going to go and give Robesi, Robesi Ramirez the number one spot at Featherweight or the number two or the number – you know what I mean? He, he's still got some shit to, to, to prove, but – this this uh, featherweight division getting hot, and you could say it's getting hot on matchroom and on the zone. You know, hopefully we get some really good you know fights for him on ESPN Plus. Uh, you know, soon enough we're gonna get some legit fights too uh, for PBC. You know, maybe we get Figueroa Vargas. Right? That's what I'm assuming we're gonna get. Um. And then we'll find out, you know, some of these 122-pounders, just not just Bolton, but some of these 122-pounders, you know, that PBC has, which are a lot of them, some of them are going to come up to 126. So 126 is starting to pop, dude. It really is starting to pop. We got some fresh blood in there. Um, so, yeah, anyway, um, yeah, Shakur Stevenson, Yoshino, um, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, 
of late, we have seen a little bit more go out of uh, Stevenson. Some of these fights, he's, he has taken the fight uh, to his opponent, you know. So I think there, there's a, a possibility of that um, where he's he's trying to work him, pause, and, you know, trying to, trying to get to him. So I, I could see, you know, I could see it. I don't know. I mean, guess I guess that would be the most exciting part is if he kind of, you know, kind of did certain things that he had. Like I said, I give him a little credit. He has been a little bit more aggressive. Even Conceso, it was a rough and tumble fight. But, you know, I actually thought he, he was he was bringing the fight to him, you know. Um, this dude just coming off a win over, I should look it up, Nakatani. I know he fought Ito. He's a good fighter. Uh, you know he, he he's all right. Man, he's a good he's a good fighter. You know you could put him in the top ten of the weight class. I believe I believe folks have that. But yeah, I, I don't. Um, it's been so. Yoel Gonzalez that went twelve rounds. He went twelve his last two against Conceso in Valdez, uh, Nakatila. He went 12 rounds with, did stop Herring, of course. So, yeah, I think it'll be a decision. Uh, obviously, that's not really going on, like I said. <laughs> now, I, this is where the undercard comes in, okay? Um, you know, we do have some interesting fights, I think, on the card. Uh, Keyshawn Davis, Anthony Yidget, I do like that fight for him. You know, the boxing odds don't really – say that that's a tight fight. I think it's like plus... Well, there's there's a plus 800 in there, that's for sure, over 800. But I, I have seen it like plus 750 and up. But I, I like the fight. I think that's a good fight. I do like that fight. I do... I also like uh, George Arios and Jared Anderson. I think that's a good step-up fight. You know, um, it's not like heavyweight super deep over here or whatever. Um... Not that this guy can punch a whole lot. Um, you could look at his, you know, boxing record, go to box rec and, and see, well, shit, you know, three out of his last four opponents have been unbeaten prospects, you know. So that's positive. Now, um, his, his last two were split decisions, you know. So, I mean, I think it's a good fight for him. Um, you know, you do have that undefeated mark there. Uh, I mean, I think, yeah, he's based in Bronx, right? Uh, he is Dominican. Shots out to Broadway Joel. I like the, I like these two fights. I like Anthony Idget. I like George Arias. I like these fights for Anderson and Davis. I think that's. I think that there's nothing wrong with these fights. Nothing wrong with these fights. Troy Isley from the Isley brothers. No, Troy Isley will be fighting as well. Bruce Carrington, some other prospect stuff. Um, you know, that's where I'm just hoping these are, are solid tests. You know what I mean? That's what I'm kind of hoping for, where they're just solid tests, where they actually get to see a little bit more. And I do think, you know, Davis and uh, Anderson will win. Um, I'm not sure if Keyshawn will knock him out. I think Anderson has a decent chance of knocking out Arias, but... You know, I could see him 
like kind of because uh, he does have some boxing skill. Like I said, he doesn't have a ton of power. He hasn't taste defeat, but I think he could give him something to think about. That's what I'm hoping anyway. I, I think these are good fights for where they're at. That's what I always judge them. Where the where are the fighters at in their career, right? I mean, that's how you got to judge them. And so at this stage, I think these are perfectly good fights. Let's just hope, you know, that they pop off, right? I mean, that that's that's what it comes down to. So I think we're going to get – I could see Anderson – I don't know. I mean, I could see Anderson winning by knockout. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I think that's a good fight. I mean, obviously, he stopped everybody, right? Yeah, he's been like, what, 12, 12 and 0, 13 and 0, something like that. He's been knocking everybody out. And he's been taking care of business early. Um, actually, no, he does have – did he go to this – no, I think he stopped them in the last round, the sixth round. Yeah. I think it was a six-rounder. I don't think it was an eight-rounder. I think it was a six-rounder. So, stepping up the competition, uh, Jerry Forrest, you know, actually, yeah, the, he had some success early. And it was kind of telling that Anderson went off on him so early. It's like, dude, calm down a little bit. You're going to get this guy out of there. So, that kind of, uh, you know, I like this fight. I like this fight. I'm not, I, I think he can go rounds, you know. And that's ultimately what Anderson needs. Uh, We'll see what kind of outside skill Arias has. I've seen him fight, but not much. I'll just fully admit it. Um, But, yeah, that's that's that. Um, Then we have, uh, of course, we this is actually kind of a – so, you know, I think that's a pretty good card, right? Now, I like this card here with uh, the zone. Right um, now, Jesse Rodriguez clear favorite over uh, Hernandez. Uh, you know, I've seen Hernandez fight. Uh, I mean, he took an L, but it was a long time ago. Uh, he hasn't had that many fights. You know, I think he's only well, he has been pro for like five or six years, but he has he doesn't have many fights. He's got like sixteen fights. Doesn't have a lot of power, um, and he just you know he doesn't doesn't really have a quality win. You know what I mean? So I do think this is kind of a, we'll see if Rodriguez can knock him out. You know, that's probably what he's going for. Um, now, you know, against a different Israel Gonzalez, he didn't look as great. Still looked pretty good and all that, but he even said that I was a little little worn out, need a little break and whatnot. And, and so I don't think Rodriguez, I think he'll win by TKO. Um, otherwise, he'll just dominate uh, regardless. So I'm not I'm not really looking. It's a legit fight. I'm not saying that, you know. But there's some other card stuff that I'm interested in. Now, MJ coming back, um, you know, we know he has at least um, – I mean, shit, it's been close to – well, he fought in the summer last summer. So about 10 months ago, give or take. Uh, he's taking on Marlon Tapalius or Tapali. Um you know, dude, I've seen him fight a handful of times. Um, I thought, uh, what was that? It was he gave a good fight to Iwasa. Uh, I know, you know, I remember, I remember that fight. You know, some of some of these are like his last couple of fights. Um, didn't last long, you know, since that last defeat. 
Um, his thing is like how many good wins does he have and stuff like that. But um, so I, I don't, you know, I'm not trying to rip this. He is the mandatory, you know, to keep to keep that belt and whatnot. So you know, hopefully Marlon just brings you know more to the table. Now, the two fights that really stand out to me is Raymond Ford and Jesse Magdanello. Okay. Um, I like this fight for Raymond Ford here. I think he's going to win, right? He's an unbeaten prospect. But I like this fight. You know, um, probably like two-plus years ago, he did have that draw coming off uh, a Lucas. I think it's Lucas. It's like Kara, Shakira, Lucas. No, no, I'm just playing with these names, dude. I'm not trying to offend anybody. Just so you know. Um I like this fight. You know, Magdanello's a good fighter. Um, he, he has some skill. Uh, he's been on, you know, a winning streak. But to be fair, you know, it's not – I mean, Rico Ramos is okay. And uh, I think it's like Riviera. Um, there's some other names in there. I should check it out. You know, clearly, you know, not long ago. I mean, I guess it is kind of long ago now. Uh, because there was that gap in there, you know. Um, but, I mean, he did beat Nonito a, a while back. Wasn't that on uh, True TV? I, I want to say that was on True TV. Maybe I'm tripping. But he did get beat by Dog Bay. So he's, uh, you know, fresh, you know, I guess you could say. He had Dog Bay. Wasn't that early in the fight, first or second round? He had dog bait down and stuff like that. So, once again, you you know, you look at, and actually, let me see the odds on this fight. You look at where people are in their career, right, and then you go from there. So, I like this fight, though. You know, I I think it's a good fight. He's going to have to beat him straight up. Ford doesn't have, you know, a ton of power. I, I like the fight. I think it's a good fight. I'm trying to see the odds, but something's going on with the damn website. Not to say that they're all that close or whatever. I'm not saying that, but I do kind of want to get a look at them. What the hell is going on with that site? ProBoxingOdds.com. It's probably my phone. I'm not trying to rip on, oh, what the hell's wrong with the site. I love this site. This is really easy to, to keep everything in track. So, yeah, you have a... Uh, the hell is it? Okay, so you have... It's actually not on there. It's okay, so I, I, I guess I'm wrong. Oh, no, there we go. So plus 280 right now, plus 300, plus 280. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Honestly, plus 300 in two other spots. You know, I think that's uh, one of them is bet 365. Um, draft Is it DraftKings? Is DraftKings or FanDuel? My bad. FanDuel has it plus two eighty. I like this fight a lot. Now I think Raymond Ford's going to win, but I like this fight. I think it's an interesting fight. I think that Magdanello is a is a pretty good operator in there, and it, to me, I think he can make some noise in this fight. But I, I think I think Ford will win by decision. But it's a good fight. Um, there's another fight here. Um, 
as far as just a mid-level fight, Matias, Thomas Matias, um, going against uh, Ramiro Cessnia. I got I to gotta look up his name. Cessnia, I think it is. He's an unbeaten dude. He's got like, he's like 17-0. Um, fair amount of knockouts. Had an impressive knockout a, a little while back. Um, had a really close decision a little, like even further back. I like this. Is good. This is like one of those those fights that are kind of. I think it's just gonna be a good TV fight. I think it's gonna be a good TV fight. Uh, Matias, um, you know, he's a he's a veteran, right? He's definitely a veteran. He, he beat a prospect, Cappy, at his last fight. Um, lost to Melendez. I think that was on Showbox, right? But that was a tight fight. That was a good fight. That was a tight fight. Very tight fight. And he also has, uh, man, when was that? Was that 21 or 2020 for uh, the Isak Cruz? And that was a close-ass fight, too. Yeah, there we go. Okay, so it was right before the pandemic hit. <coughs> um, February, uh, uh, Val- okay, Valentine's. Yeah, 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 okay, I remember this. I remember this now. Okay. That was a good fight. So... I'm not saying – I think Matias is going to win this fight, but this, to me, could be the fight of the night. It really could be. And I'm talking about not not just on the broadcast. I'm talking about in general. This could be a competitive-ass fight. Madrimov is on there. Hazes Martinez. No, not that one. Kalia Ko. There's some other fights on that other card, but I, I like that. I like that card. Um, and then real quick, the uh, Fundora, Mendoza. You know, Mendoza is coming off like a good victory. He scored a knockout over uh, Rosario. Um, I thought he gave a good account for himself, won a round or two, won some rounds uh, here, actually, at the Armory over Jesus Ramos. I should say over. He lost the fight. Um so, you know, I don't know. Like, he's got some pop, got some skill, kind of like uh, what his toes was saying, John. I think it just, you know, Fundora normally, besides that, what, Gar- Garcia fight, he usually comes to, you know, fight, you know? So I think uh, – I'm not picking uh, Mendoza, but I do have to agree with the the, the headliners. This will probably be the, the most competitive fight in the ring. Um, and a lot of it, like I said, has to do with the skill level of Bam and Shakur, you know, compared to Fondora, who, you know, um, he's going to get hit plenty. So I actually think that that might be um, – I'm hoping that's just a good-ass brawl. Now, Brandon Lee's on the undercard against Pedro Campa. And, and, you know, technically speaking, you know, he, he actually gave a good account for himself in his last fight against Tiafimo. Um, he had a good, a close fight um, with Abner Lopez, who's a solid, solid fighter. He did knock out 
Carlos Valdez or Valdez or something like that. I know that guy was like a power puncher, but to be fair, I don't really think that guy had fought too many people. You know what I mean? So he took care of business quick. You know what I mean? So I, I will say this is a step up fight. This is a game fighter. This, you know, I feel like they're just this. This card is going to be action packed. Um, but Brandon Lee should win this fight. Like I said, it's a step up fight for him, but you'd still like to have him step up higher. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think he'll win. Then you have Luis Nunez, who's an unbeaten uh, Puerto Rican fighter. Um, he's been taking on like like Fierro, and he's been taking on some unbeaten prospects. So um, this uh, what is it, Christian? Uh, is it Olivio? I think that's what it is. He's he's um. You know, he, he, I don't know, man. He, he, he's unbeaten, right? He doesn't have a whole lot of pop. I've seen highlights of this guy. He's coming off Carlos Varga, Vargas, an unbeaten guy he beat. Um, but like I said, you know, go back and see who this guy's beaten. There's just not much there. This is kind of like Showbox 5, you know, which, hey, I like Showbox 5. But uh, I do think. Nunez is going to win this one fairly cleanly. Uh, Gabriela Fondora's on the undercard. <laughs> this just in, Chris Ariola's on the undercard. Um, so, yeah, they're, uh, let's see. Oh, that dude who got like a gift decision here in Minneapolis is taking on Devin Alexander. <laughs> uh, Corona in, yeah, Corona. Corona and, and Perez, that that could be an interesting fight. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, this isn't this isn't a, a great weekend for, like, just quality fights. And I'm really hoping some of these fights that I'm talking about just pop off. You know what I mean? Like, there's something in there. Like I said, Magdanella Ford. I think that could be that shit. I just talked about how that other fight could be. This could that could be the best fight of the week. You know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, I got a lot of the favorites winning. To be honest with you, I mean that's really not a big secret, right? So yeah, Fondora winning. I got all the A sides winning, basically. Um, so yeah, it is kind of the classic weekend of yeah, we got too much shit on, you know, and not it's it's just not high level. Shit, you know. By the way, Amir Khan issued backdated two-year ban by UCAT for anti-doping violation. This is Jake Donovan of Boxing Scene. It's always kind of weird. Like, the ban stems from a positive drug test produced by Khan following his knockout February 19th. So, you know, it's just, it's, it's just weird, you know. It's just weird. So UCAT announced that Khan will remain suspended uh, through next April because it was last year. Um, so it goes till yeah, you know, it's a two-year ban, right? Um, so yeah, April sixth to April fifth, two thousand twenty-four, actually. Yeah. So um, I don't know. He says, you know, I don't know. He says he didn't do it. Whatever. It is inconceivable that he would have sought to 
ingest a microdose, which would have been a fraction, at least a thousand times less of a dose intended to provide any performance enhancement or any competitive. He said, oh, I mean, it's such a little amount, I could have got it shaking hands. He said he never cheated the Sky Sports. Here it is. The amount that was in my system could have come from shaking people's hands. I don't know what drug was in my system. I'll give you my views, but like I said, I've never cheated in my life. I never cheat. I'm a retired fighter. You can see shit didn't help in the fight. But, you know, it is what it is, dude. I, I don't I don't know. You know what I mean? I, I really don't. just another uh, you know it just got in your system somehow I just don't know and don't get me wrong there has been certain things that you know seem like legit reasoning and stuff like that but to me Amir Khan's just so done anyway that it really doesn't it doesn't matter okay now we're going to get to some stuff that people are been saying I'm ducking and I'm going to that's funny I brought up that Benavides alright so Jake and Left like I said, Jake the Snake Roberts and Lefty Luciano. Um, Jake Donovan reported on Jake and Lefty Saturday morning, or afternoon, I guess you could say. Good show, quality show. Benavides Plant pay-per-view buys the estimate. It, it's not going to hit 200000 but it, it, he basically was like 170 to 199 You know, So he basically broke it down to 170000 buys to 180,000 buys, which is enough to make, you know, ends meet, make a good chunk of change. Everybody's happy. Nobody lost a bunch of money. Nobody lost that. It doesn't, if these numbers are correct, because it was well over 3 million on its way to 4 million at the gate, but from the sounds of it, it, it didn't pass 4 million at the gate. Um, you know, we don't have the official numbers now because, Know, Vegas changed that a while back, but so basically they it kind of adds up to right in the eighteen to twenty million dollar um, range, and so they they split somewhere in the uh, let's see, um, meaning pay per view in the game, right? So somewhere in the at least fifteen to twenty million range. We'll, we'll make it real vague for you. So they, they would have split purses probably at $10 million. They each got five. People got paid, blah, 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 blah. Because you got to remember that, and I say this over and over again, but it's no longer 50-50 with the cable stuff. I don't know exactly what it is, but it's not 50-50 like it used to be. And then the streams. And that, that stream number is only going up. Not just the stream, like a, you know, but the app number, you know. And they get to keep a whole lot of that. So all in all, I'd say that's successful for nowadays. Um, and yeah, um, Nathan, uh, where, where was it actually? He, Nathan McCowitz said, oh yeah, uh, that there, someone reported 75,000 buys. Uh, digital buys on Showtime app alone did more than that. And that's usually at least or about 30% of the overall number. Now, I've heard two to one. I've heard at least 50 to 60. It's all over when it comes to that. But if the digital, let's say the digital is 100,000, do the math with that and the keep. You know, that, it, it kind of lines up. It kind of lines up with what Jake is saying. Um, 
and you know, a lot of people just assume, well, Jake is this, you know, he, not nah, he, come on. So actually, here's a, a Jedi from World. What is the wrestling? The one, one. What is that wrestling online? No, I don't know what the hell that stands for. But he said it did 49k TV buys. If you go two to one streaming, uh, that'd be right around 150,000. So. Anyway, um, so I'm going to announce some more news in just a second, but we did get some gate numbers, okay? And this is just part of it. doesn't mean it's everything. But the Save Mart Ramirez Comey box office report, uh, the gate did a little over 300,000, okay? The tickets sold straight up were, were 4,000. The exempt passes is what they're called, over 9,000. Capacity for the event, over 14,000, okay? Now, uh, Jedi Goodman said, and you can look at it, a mission price. There's 33, 43, 68, 98, 133, 208, 250. He says five, so of those exempt passes, 9,000, which some people just call those comps, it could be a sponsorship thing. It could be that some of them, they paid, uh, like I was saying earlier, you pay the tax on the ticket, that goes down as a sold ticket. Now, you can tell, though, the ultimate gate. But anyway, he said 550, or 500, sorry, 5,535, Jesus Christ, um, were, were in the 33 admission price section. So out of those 9,000, five, over 5,000, 5,5, five, we're, we're in the 33 range, okay? Now, someone below this said, no, it was a th- at least a $3 million gate because uh, he sold the, you know, his, his uh, promoter, his manager sold, Rick, Rick Majeran. So th- and this is where it's like, dude, why don't you just say your shit? But he says... Like, you know, the first sentence is, isn't even worth reading, to be honest with you, because it's like, really, dude? So you're going to go to that? That's just weird. But anyway, he said, we made money on every ticket out. We made money on every ticket out. Okay. Uh, concessions percentage, my ignorant follower. Sold bulk tickets in sponsorship bundles for huge money. Can't expect jack-in-the-box worker like you to understand. All right, then show us the numbers then. And a lot of people, and actually Raging Babe, who has promotional experience for sure, she said, what are exempt passes? Is that another term for cops, or did sponsorships pay for exempt passes? Uh, passes? That's a big number. That's a good That's a good point. It's a good question. Um and a lot of people were saying, okay, well, we saw Zapata, Zapata uh, prograde, and that, you know, that had a bigger gate, 370000 Um whatever. You know, like I said, it, it is what it is. You can, you know, we're going to find out more about this. Um, but so, so... Without the venue, they sold all this stuff. 
are they are they going to report it or they just don't care to report it? They just I don't know. But it's always been a little shaky over there, to be honest with you. Ever since, like I said earlier in the show, ever since we started talking, you know, hearing about shit, it is what it is. Anyway, Ring TV came out today. Was it today or no? Yeah, today. They said, uh, you know, Errol Spence Crawford, this done deal is reportedly now set for June 17th. Uh, it's claimed the official announcement is expected at the Gervonta Davis Ryan Garcia. That's Ring Magazine. Now, there was a Dallas writer, right? Yeah, and I'll say it. Bob Arum says, now, Bob Arum for pay per view numbers is just silly because that's a straight competition. But anyway, Bob Arum said it didn't even do 100,000. We're going to report that, okay? That's what we're going to report. Anyway, oh, by the way, Virgil Ortiz and Stan Odius, now you guys know for sure, but that's fights off, unfortunately. I was really thinking about going there, maybe, man. I was really thinking I'm going to do it. And, you know, Anthony Joshua, I'm glad someone brought this up. He did weigh heavier than he had, uh, 255.4, if you look at it. Uh, someone on Twitter. Uh, from the Klitschko fight, 250, Takam, 254, Parker, 242, Povekin, 246, Ruiz, 1, 247.8, Ruiz, 2, 237, Pulev, 240, Usyk, 240, Usyk, 2, 244, and a 255. So that is worth noting. That is definitely worth noting. Um... And then the whole Connor Ben stuff, we knew this was going to happen, but the California Commission, um, Nevada, New York, they're, they're not going to sanction him. They're not going to sanction him. By the way, Raisa Lim and David Picasso had a purse bid, and Zamfer won it with $200,500 uh, $200, for the, the purse bid to win the WBC title eliminator. Sanford Boxing claimed the promotional rights to it. Tijuana headquartered. This is the boxing scene. Uh, promotional company outpaced TGB, who uh, offered 157.5. So they're just a little short. Uh, the date location, you know, is not established yet. But that's a good fight. So that'd be kind of interesting. Uh, the winner will become the second mandatory uh, to Fulton uh, WBO. First one is Nary, so that'll probably be Nary against whoever wins. You know, I noticed uh, Gilberto Mendoza may the best man win tonight. The boxing team, kind of funny, kind of funny to say that. Um, oh yeah, well we talked a little bit about it, but yeah, the undercard for Tank, I, I, you know, it didn't blow me away. The uh, Gabe Rosario against Beck, you know, that's fine. Let him try to get him get it back. I, like I said, I like Rosado in that fight better than against Zerto, but it, it, I think it's going to be a good action fight, but, you know, it is what it is. I don't think that's a bad fight. And Elijah Garcia, I think that's a good fight against Salgado. It's, I think it opens up. That's a good fight. That's a good fight. Now, the the Beck in, in Rosado, that was a golden boy fight. Right? That was a Golden Boy fight, so that's what they decided. Now, David Morell and Senna Agbeko. This is a fight that 
I just hope he gets some rounds. You know what I mean? That's what I hope for. This dude is like, he's been stopped. He's got some power. Um, he's like 27 and two or something like that. He's coming off a win, um, over, it was on, it was on Showbox. coming off a win, um, over Isaiah Steen, an unbeaten prospect. Um, he went rounds with, didn't win many of them, if I recall, uh, with Shishkin. Um, so that, that's, I really just hope it's rounds, dude. I hope he gets some rounds. By the way, the WBA um, yesterday officially ordered Usyk to defend his uh, WBA, IBF, WBO, his titles against Daniel Dubois. The parties, you know, have 30 days until May 2nd to negotiate that the first bids kick in. Ruben Villa, this is a really good signing for top rank, I think. Um, Ruben Villa is is inked, uh, just signed a multi-fight contract, and he's going to make his top-ranked ESPN debut March 13th on the undercard of Janabek and Butler. So that's a good signing for them. Uh, I think that's a really good signing. Um... I saw someone sent this to me May 27th in the UK. Yeah, that's fucking crazy, man. Laura Wood, Lopez Conley, and then uh, we do have William Smith in What's His Toes, which actually just got um, um, What's His Toes, Lawrence Coakley. They actually had their first face-off March 27th at a stadium there, Sky Sports. That's a good fight. But, yeah, that does kind of suck. Um, for the UK fight fans, all three on that day do that. That's rough, hey, man. We know. Those are good fights, though, not like this weekend. By the way, Coppinger tweeted something. He was watching the New Jersey Devils playing the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins on ESPN+. And during the intermission, they had our guy Shakur Stevenson there. So that's pretty cool. Um, oh, about the – like I said, they had a – we had a Dallas report, a Dallas reporter who's been pretty solid saying they are, you know, talking. Spencer Crawford, right? Um, what the hell's that guy's name? I, I've seen him report before. He seems pretty solid. But he didn't say it's a done deal or anything like that. He was just saying, hey, they're going over contracts. They're, they're, they're going back and forth with contracts and stuff like that. So he wasn't freaking out or nothing like that. Kelvin Watkins, contract talks have restarted. This was a, a few days ago. This was like five days ago, six days ago. Maybe even longer, 229, actually. Two, did I just say 329? So it's a while back. Um, according to a, a person with knowledge of this of the talks, so Sports Day, Dallas, Kelvin Watkins, uh, just so you know. Okay, now, had the report today, right, with the uh, – with the ring, right? Ring TV. We had that report. And then we also had Chris Mannix saying something. We're going to go all over him. Mannix said that nothing's, okay, nothing's official. And this is over the, the tweet of uh, Ring TV. The quote-unquote Bible of boxing. Chuckle, chuckle, chuckle. Nothing official, but fighters in the division are operating like this is happening. For example, Roca, the mandatory for Crawford, is 
planning a May return and not against Bud. Before you go nuts, like you said, nothing's official. Calm down. Um, Dan Raphael said, not here to, for a pissing contest. Yeah, right. With anyone but per ring report set for June 17th. Two sources directly involved told me, yes, negotiations continue. No secret. But the deal is not close, and even if it was made, it wouldn't be for June 17th. That's the best version of the truth I know. And I've heard it's done. It's happening tomorrow. Now, um, you know, it is what it is. We'll see. Now, um, oh, matchroom. Big sign. Oh, just so you know, that, that Wednesday fight on Probox TV, Carlos Sanchez and Alexander Duran tops Probox, Probox TV this Wednesday night live on YouTube in English or Spanish. Good fighters and great fights don't miss that. That's their promo. Okay, not mine. That's tomorrow. That is tomorrow. Um, a really great signing. Sonny Edwards has signed with Matchroom. Zone. That's a great signing considering they got Bam Rodriguez. And then we hear, and I don't know if this is a fact, but Sonny Edwards, Sonny Edwards, Sonny Edwards has confirmed on Instagram, oh, geez, just that sentence doesn't sound official, does it? No. Um, he's confirmed on Instagram that he signed a contract to fight Bam Rodriguez, which is, well, hold on. Where did he sign it? Over there? Is it going to be over there? Because, uh, that's illegal to sign a contract before uh, the guys. You can't sign a contract for the next fight. Now, it's his next fight, so I think that's where he's okay. Bam couldn't, you know, I don't think that, I don't know. But then again, we're talking about Holly Act. They don't have the Holly Act. Anyway, he said he signed, ready to fight Bam. Rodriguez takes on Gonzalez, right? for the WBO flyweight shit. Uh, so, yeah, that'd be pretty dope. And, and also, I remember seeing someone sent me this, and I saw this on Twitter, uh, Robert Garcia, his you know his trainer. He says he prefers Bam next fight, if he's you know successful against Estrada in July or August, over Sonny Edwards because it's bigger in the U.S. market. He says they could still fight Sonny Edwards, uh, and it could be in the UK at the end of the year. That'd be a nice low fucking schedule. But that's what I'm telling you about this shit. You know what I mean? Now, there is there's some news from Ellie Scotney. Is it Scotney? And I'm not trying to make fun of her, okay? But she, this is kind of interesting. Okay, let's put it that way. I'm incredibly disappointed to say that I am now hearing that I will be removed from the May 20th card in Dublin due to Chantel Cameron and her management insisting to my promoter that I'm not allowed to be on the undercard because of who trains me. This is despite having been on two cards together before with no no promotion, no problems whatsoever. After my world title fight, I've been, I have been announced on a huge night globally. My dream in, meaning that she announced it. My dream is, oh, had been announced. Okay. My dream is now being taken. God, this print is so small. There we go. 
Um, do, 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 now being taken away. My dream is taken away from me uh, by a fellow fighter dictating terms and making unreasonable demands to my promoter. Um, I cannot describe how broken, um, heartbroken I am. Now, there's a little follow-up on this. This is Kieran Cunningham. Ellie is uh, is with McGuigan, the stable. Uh, Cameron is ex-MTK and trained by Jamie Moore, who publicly praised Kenan. Um, so maybe we'll get more. Um, Hovenesian was supposed to fight um, Charles Martin, which this was going to be a banger. This is going to be a slobber knocker. That's no longer the case. He got hurt. That kind of sucks. That does suck. Boog Williams is <clears throat> a great follow on Twitter. I'm excited for Elijah Garcia. He gets to fight on the big stage. Hella active with the PBC. December 22nd he fought. Just fought March 23rd. Now he's fighting April 23rd. And someone below him, Michael Robinson, was like, he made a good point. Like, that that wasn't a cakewalk with, against Fidel. That was a tough fight. So, for him to come back that quick, that's pretty dope. I'd have to agree. Um, you know, there's more more stuff about Bob saying, you know, if there weren't big money looming for November, December event in Saudi Arabia, Fury and Usyk would have made him, been made in three days. Neither fighter is to blame for not happening. And it does sound like, I don't know, like I heard from the guy who is now in control of, of or not control, but who runs the stuff now. Um, and he he was trying to say that you know some of the money some of the money was out of hand. Um, I don't know. It's kind of back and forth, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> so back to Eddie Hearn saying he has re- reiterated that he wants Anthony Joshua to fight three times this year. He said Dillian would Dillian White would be a good the rematch would be a good choice, uh, but you know willing to fight other people. This is funny. So Lomachenko at the Haney Loma event, um, he said, like at their press conference, he said, in my mind, I didn't lose any fight in professional boxing. That's why I sleep so so very well. Undefeated, yes. In my mind, yes. <laughs> it's it's kind of funny. But of course, you know, uh, here's the punch stat Dan. Anthony Joshua sent Klitschko. 36 punches thrown per round, 64% of them are jabs. Joshua before Klitschko, 45 punches per round, 57 uh, punches. 57% of them were power punches. Now, before Klitschko, you do have to see some of the stuff he was talking about, or some of the, you know, some of the competition. So it's like, well, that's a lot of fights in there. So I don't know. But Cashman Anderson is actually here's his uh, here's his post on Instagram. I gotta shut here. After a lot of thought and talk with people I trust, I've decided after uh, winning eight national titles, making it uh, to the world stage, I believe it's time to step foot in the professional ranks. I've been an amateur boxing program for more than a decade, and consistently being placed on the top of the podium. It's time to start hunting for a world title. Thank you to everybody who supported me, and tune in. Major news are ahead. Cashman Anderson. Good for you, young man. Um, 
some more talk. Bob Aaron stated that Usyk was set to make in the region of $20 million for the fight if it happened at Wembley, whereas the deal he previously agreed with the Saudis would have been $60 million. If these fucking stats are thrown around, I really don't know. By the way, I've, I forgot it, but Jack Catterall is with Matchroom now, too. Jake Donovan had a good breakdown, though. He said, I'm sure Catterall and Matchroom will work out fine, at least I hope, for Catterall's sake. In the, in the 13 months since the Josh Taylor fight, the number of promoters he signed with, three. Number of fight dates attached to his name, five. Zero number of times he actually fought. Two different managers, uh, Boogie said as well. Definitely easy. Yeah, dude, it's, it's tough. But that's, you know... They do have some fighters over there for him, so that, that's kind of cool. Um, I like that. And, and by the way, Charlie Edwards called out his brother like he, he wants to smoke, dude. F you, Sonny. It ain't Sonny over here. Um, someone just sent me the Bob Aaron thing. I literally just said that. Once again, though, back to that uh, David Haney. David Haney. Devin Haney. Tell him, fuck Vasily Lomachenko and Haney press conference, Bill Haney has reiterated that Devin Haney will once again, not David Haney, not Devin the dude, well, Devin is kind of the dude, Devin Haney will once again be a promotional and broadcast-free agent after the fight. Kind of interesting. Eubank Jr., someone sent me this here, this looks like it's from Boxing scene. needs permission from the British Boxing board to fight Ben in the Middle East. And they're like, dude, we're not going to fight him. We're not fighting him. We're fighting Liam Smith. So that's that's kind of what that is. <coughs> um, and, you know, oh, here's what U- Eubank promoter responds to Eubank Ben rumors. What's on the table right now is Liam Smith. That, that's what he's saying. A um, couple other news items. Jose Sr., and I'm talking about Jose Benavides Sr., said on, he said this before, so has Samson, um, David Benavides' trainer, or not trainer, Jesus Christ, um, his promoter, he said that um, he is he has three-fight deal with PBC, and in those is Plant, uh, David Morrell, and Andre, whatever. It's kind of vague because Ray Diggs does uh, his due diligence with this follow-up on the tweet. He said that's not what was said in the video. He confirmed that he has a three-fight deal and mentions possible opponents. Obviously, if Canelo is one of the guys, then David won't be fighting Andre or Morrell. He didn't say who's up next uh, because Irv was like, uh, he confirmed last night that Morrell being next and um, he himself said for months now that they have a three-fight deal locked in, and he named the fighters. Well, his his dad was just literally naming the guys he wanted. It's true. He didn't say he didn't say uh, an exact thing. And, you know, David Burrell's fighting in a month, so he's not going to fight him in the summer, you know. So, like I said, if he can't get Canelo, which we assume he can't, I'll talk about Benavides, I honestly think – I think the David Bennett, you know, David Benavides, Demetrius Andre made the most sense. They just do. 
They just do. And I'm going to say it like I said last week about um, AJ and who he's going to fight next. Don't don't freak out if, if, if you know Shakur is fighting next this week, right? And so I'm, I'm, remember, it's not just goes right to Shakur and Haney, right? Uh, Aaron even said on boxing scene and many other times, I've said this months ago, he said, uh, Lomachenko, Shakur, definitely the plan if Loma wins. Not sure Haney will stay at 135. Now, Haney's come out and said, hey, if the shit's right at there, I'm going to go for it. You know, I'm going to stay there. Uh, that would be the plan, definitely, if Loma wins. If Haney wins, I'm not, I'm not sure whether Haney stays at 135. In fact, I sort of doubt it. He's a big kid, big, big kid. I don't know. You know, that means he's not under contract is what that means. Um, there's not a whole lot of time left here in the show. Um, I did mention Catterall. Yeah, I mentioned Catterall that he got signed too. That was a good signing. And Ortiz had that same thing happen to him. He put out a note saying, you know, it's his fault. He was he was training too long, and so that that shit he's got going on, it you know, sparked up. Michael Hunter said he was gonna fight. He was working on a, a deal to fight Dubois, but now, you know, it looks like Usyk and Dubois might fight. So, could we see Tracy Langley says? Could we see a trilogy? Uh, later this year in this post she had on Facebook. Um, Derek Chisora has confirmed to Mailsport uh, that negotiations have begun for him to fight Dillian White for the third time this summer. Jeez Louise. Jeez Louise. Um, I re- this is Deuce. What's up, Deuce? Hope you're doing all right, man. I really wish uh, they'd stop the war in Ukraine shit with Loma. This guy's on IG calling the regime Nazis now to stock boxing. Yeah, well fucking said. Well said. The term master boxer is utterly meaningless at this point. Calling Ramirez a master, then next week using the term to describe someone like Shakur's caliber is wild. Or is wild. Yes, I agree. Here's Ryan Garcia. If you say, this is what Paul uh, to uh, Paul the the Jake Paul fight with uh, Rockman. He said, if you sign a contract to fight a, at a weight and then later decide you can't, be, you can't because you really hit because you really hit you, oh, because it really hit you, then that's on you. Don't agree to something you knew you weren't capable, and then expect for some for everyone just to obligate your misstep. Talking about weight, there, guys. Talking about weight. All right. So there, there you go. There you have it. Um, this one is, we got a couple more here. This one's from Fred. Um, where the hell did it go? I just, I screwed it up. Okay. I think that's going to be it. I think I fucked it up. I fucked it up. Okay. Always important to remember that there are three criteria for substance. No, this is not the one I, this is not the one I want. You got to find your one. Anyway, I think, oh, okay. This is, uh, Habib. Um, it's funny how Eddie Hearn used used to criticize Wilder and Fury. Uh, it cut off. All right, I think it just cut off on me. If not, you're hearing this. You're wondering why I just stopped. We'll be back next week. Enjoy the fights. Peace.